Thank you for listening to Cinephile Digest. This is episode 38. My name is Matt, and I'm joined today by Travis. Hello, hello. And Tom. Hey, guys. It's a bit of a clusterfuck <laughs> here on this uh, this Sidewalk. Monday evening. <laughs> We're recording on the side of the street. Um, <laughs> usually we record on a weekend, but uh, with Father's Day happening and uh, me getting into town a little late, we are recording on a Monday night. And uh took me over two hours to get home. These two guys beat me to my own house. So they were hanging out with... Uh, some house guests I was not expecting, so we uh, had to disassemble my kitchen table and move it into a spare room and get set up in here. So there may be a little bit of background mm. noise, fair warning. We've got the window open because it's 500 fucking degrees in here. <laughs> it's all just examples of our dedication. Yeah, yeah, we're here you know. in it to win it. For you, the listener. This week, we are going to be discussing the new... Hot, hot, hot horror film, Hereditary. It's all the buzz right now. People can't stop talking about it. Uh, we're going to be discussing American Animals, as well as the newest Pixar film, The Incredibles 2. Uh, I'm the only one who saw that one. So I'll give uh, some thoughts on that. We won't spend too much time on it. And then uh, you two jabronis planning on uh, seeing that eventually? Definitely. Yeah, I want to. But I don't know if I'm going to be able to before my trip. Tommy Boy's going to Nepal, is that right? That's right. Yeah, tell us about this. Uh, well, Nepal is a small, landlocked country north of India. That's where Sasquatch lives, right? That's correct. He lives on the slopes of Mount Everest. <laughs> Nepal is the home of Mount Everest. Yeah. Uh, Sarah and I go to a children's center there every few years and help out for a little bit. So. I already heard this story on the way here. Yeah. Oh, so you're bored right now? Is yep. that what you're saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. We haven't been there for a couple of years, so we're excited. I'm going to be there for about, it's like 10 days, but the travel is brutal. So it'll be like a week there, and then Sarah's going to stay a little bit longer because she's off for a summer break. Yeah, I, don't, I hadn't known you very long the last time you went, right? Wasn't it like a, a year or so after I met you that you Yeah, uh, you probably because it was about two years ago that i went last time and it was two years before that that i went for the first time mm -hmm. yeah so this could be number three we're experienced veterans of nepal now yeah well part of nepal we haven't done any of the things that normal people do when they go to nepal like climb a mountain or hike the annapurna circuit or something how long are you gonna be there did you already say that like a week a week yeah nice. it's gonna be hot it's like 100 degrees with lightning storms and 85% humidity and, you know, fun stuff. <laughs> I check the weather every oh. once in a while. And, you know, it's like the opposite side of the planet right now. So it'll, it's always night when I look. And it'll be like nighttime, raining, 81 degrees. Oh, my God. <laughs> that there sounds a, terrible. There was a storm brewing uh, this past weekend at the Gorge. They had to shut oh. down Paradiso for a few hours. Oh, Is that God. where you were? <laughs> no, I wasn't. Oh, God. Okay. I am going there next weekend, though. No. Or this weekend. Do they do two weekends? No, for Kings of Leon. It's oh. a redo of last year. What happened? Remember, last I was supposed year? to go last year, and then we had a wedding that came up, so we had to cancel. Oh yeah, but the show still went on. But I guess the it guys, must. the guy's voice was like super like off that day, or he just was like having a rough time. I think it was like the end of his tour or something. So mm -hmm. it's like an apology. His vocal cords were on fire. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but anyways, he's making it up to Seattle by oh. doing a show or them i guess That's doing a show cool. again yeah this probably doing some summer. honey tea all uh 
Yeah, week. he's got to be ready for this weekend, right? It's so much lots pressure. Of sleep. Been preparing all year. He's got his humidifier on one side, his dehumidifier on the other. Oh Watch him come down with the flu the night before. Yeah, the right. Show. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I got to reschedule again. Fuck this state. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I'm sure you'll have a good, uh, good time in Nepal. Yeah, Travis, what's going on, man? What has been up? Um, I went to boxing again this past weekend. Oh yeah. Nothing really to add, though. Vander Holyfield and uh, no, just uh, Sugar like the, Ray Leonard. The local stuff at the uh, Emerald Queen. Mm-hmm. My cousin made an appearance there. He's hyping up his fight for the his MMA fight. I thought he retired. No. Last fight, he was like, spoilers, I'm not retiring. Oh, shit. And now he's, out. he's fighting for the belts, the local belt. Mm-hmm. And then I think he's going to try and work his way back into the UFC. And then finally... Conquer the world. Hang him up. Oh. What's, uh, what uh, weight class is he fighting? Heavyweight. Heavyweight. So is he coming for uh, Stipe? Yeah. Those hammer fists. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think he will reach Stipe <laughs> in his career or lifetime. <laughs> I'm going to tell him you said that. He probably knows it's Go true. back into retirement. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, that's neat. Uh, what else? Anything else been going on? Just chilling. <clears throat> Mm, yeah, oh, World Cup! World, yeah, World, World Cup is uh, is happening. My uh, my homeland beats uh, the. Well, I think aren't Germany oh, yeah. like favored to win like the whole thing again? Viva La Mexico! Got taken out. I don't follow. Soccer well, not taken at all. But sorry, it's a ton of fun. It is so much fun. I didn't watch a ton last time because I wasn't really into it. But you know, it was a big event in summer. Um, but oh, was I still in college then? I don't remember. Anyway, now I'm more into soccer, mainly because I play FIFA and because all my friends are super into soccer and it is so much fun to watch. And Hulu Live, can't can't say enough about it. Got all the games oh on Hulu Live, watching on my phone, on my television, on my iPad, constantly inundated with games. I hate soccer, but I love the World Cup. Yeah. It's just like the level of play is just so much higher, you know? Oh, so Like much I watch the Sounders play and it's like something exciting is about to happen and yeah. then someone like trips or yeah. they just like totally get juked out and they get the ball taken yeah. away. And Legitimately ball, you know? exciting things happen in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. And totally. so, the stakes are so high and the fans are crazy. They're just obsessed. Yeah. And if something bad happens, the people in the crowd look like they just lost a loved one. Oh my gosh. If a goal is scored, it's like... You know, the most euphoric moment of their lives. The whole like, world is crazy for soccer, except for the United, except the United States. <laughs> There's like statistics that show when a country's team wins the World Cup, they have a huge baby boom <laughs> from oh like God. that summer, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Yeah. Some say it's a breeding ground for a toxic nationalism. So I, I think it's unifying. You think so? Yeah. For your nation. I think that's a cynical approach. No, you get everybody, you know, hanging out together. And then once your team is out, you got to, you got to root for somebody else. I'm out there like watching the Swiss, the Swiss team, like right on. This is sweet. Go Switzerland. You know, when else am I going to do that? 
Yeah, we also don't have a dog in this fight. Like, apparently, like, Russia, like, yeah, issued Mexico. a warning to its citizens to, like, be nice to people, like, coming into the country for the World Cup. Because, you know, the whole world is watching. Yeah. Russians aren't uh, known for being the friendliest folk in the world. Mm-mm. They like uh, fighting and uh, vodka, you know. Hell yeah. As one does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like, uh, they did some crazy shit in England recently, I think. Soccer fans, uh, they made a whole movie about it. Yeah. Sh- right. Not Shia LaBeouf. Like Elijah Wood. Yeah. Movie used to be badass. I no, no, no. But still is. Yeah, but like new age Russian soccer hooligans who oh. like burned down a town or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> don't quote me. These guys are badass. I'm just saying, get on Google or whatever search engine of your choice and, uh, you know, Russian don't look it up on Snopes or anything. Just. <laughs> Just find the story I'm talking about and read that one. <laughs> nice. Well, uh, what have I been up to? Just hanging out. Not much. Trying to play some Fortnite. I haven't touched it in over a week. Oh, yeah. That's what I've been doing. Just playing Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Movies and Fortnite. Spending my summer <laughs> wisely. Mm. I'm getting better, though. Winning more frequently. Also taking second place very frequently. And it's very enraging (laughs) last one to lose taking the world by storm dude it's yeah it's so fun but so frustrating at the same time yeah you gotta get on this train tom i think the train is sort of losing steam it's peak peak train no (laughs) maybe for you (laughs) but it just came out on switch yeah yeah Haley got it she's playing fortnite now too uh super don't huge the whole world don't need it playing fortnite it's a fun game I'm just so outclassed, and I know it. That's so why you got to put more. your time in, dude. No. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle, I'm going to get in on the next thing. It's a vicious cycle. Whatever the next true. one is, I'll do that. Well, everyone's going to do their own version of Fortnite. So yeah, Tom is never, to ever going to get into another video game, because in six months, fucking Dark Souls 2 remaster, double remaster is going to come out. Remaster. Then he's going to put time into that. I have then been. the new Did you excited uh, he got with fuck ton of Dark Souls remastered right now. I know. <laughs> See me on PlayStation. Hey, speaking of old video games, I uh, popped on the first Resident Evil remaster. Oh yeah! After work for about an hour. How'd that go? It holds up, but it is. I never played that one back in the day. I only watched my brother play Resident Evil Two like through completion. I was always terrible at the controls. Very frustrating. That game is hard though, and it's very hard. It's satisfying. It's hard, but it's like it's also like frustrating. Like you can't just drop an item in the first game. You have to like take it to a chest and drop it off. <laughs> so to get rid of items, you have to either like waste them or find one of those chests. Right. And if you die, you start over to your last save. There's very like scarce health. It's. I don't know if I can play that game without wanting to like look at a walkthrough though, because I just don't have the time or patience to mm-hmm. like play it like I would. Mm-hmm. You know, ten or twenty years ago or whatever. Why don't you just watch a full walkthrough on YouTube? Well, no, call it good. <laughs> no, that's lame. <laughs> I gotta actually do it myself. Okay. Did you uh, did you put that in because you were getting hyped on the Resident Evil Two remake? No, you actually sparked my interest when you said you uh, bought the Halo collection. I was like, I gotta play some of my old games, and then I was thinking, oh, you know, Resident oh, you Evil did that would be today? a great franchise. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize because I have today. all the Resident Evil games. I've just never really played them myself. I played most of. Four, I think. Four is the best one. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I basically have to start over. But the first hour I played was getting used to the controls in the the beginning of the game. Mm. Yeah, it takes me getting used to. Yes. Feels a little outdated, but it's a cool game. I'm it's just gonna cool. put in be put in stasis until uh, Cyberpunk and Elder Scrolls Six come out. Oh, dude, I do feel like just wake me up. Some old games like that don't really hold up though, but I think this one will. Just gotta have patience. Well, they also remastered it, so I don't know what kind of like it updates they did to like the controls and stuff. I don't know, you know. Yeah, they might have had some like quality of life uh, improvements on the first. Not one. those chests, and though. The, no. the chests. Gotta preserve like, How the, the fuck legacy. Do you drop items, and then I went online. I'm like, oh, there's a fucking chest. <laughs> I have to find. Um, what was I gonna say about old games? Resident Evil isn't that what, or yet another uh, tangent? Well, we were you gonna games. say there's nothing new under the sun, something like that. No. Halo, they have to do with no, Halo. No, we can just move on. I don't think it was that important. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's uh, let's keep this train rolling. Uh, we're gonna start things off with Incredibles two. Let's listen to a clip. Looks normal to me. When did this start happening? Since Helen got the job. I assume she knows. Are you kidding? I can't tell her about this. Not while she's doing hero work. Girl, come on. Leave the saving of the world to the men. I don't think I've got to succeed so she can succeed. So we can succeed. I get it, Bob. I get it. When was the last time you slept? Who keeps track of that? Besides, he's a baby. I can handle it. I got this handled. So, you good then? You got everything under control, right? What the? Cookie, cha-cha want a cookie? Num-num cookie? Cha-cha num-num? cookie? Cookie? You're not cookie? Oh my god! Cookie. Wow! Okay. Okay. So, he can still hear you from, from the other dimension, yeah. That is freaky. All right, Incredibles 2, latest Pixar film, sequel to the 2004 film, The Incredibles. This one's written and directed by Brad Bird. Plot synopsis reads, Bob Parr, Mr. Incredible, is left to care for the kids while Helen, Elastigirl, is out saving the world. Stars, uh, I should say, features the voices of Craig T. Nelson, Holly Hunter, Sarah Vowell, Huck Milner and some uh, Samuel Jackson, as well as some new additions to the voice cast: Catherine Keener and Bob Odenkirk. I am the only one who saw this movie. I went out of my way to see it Thursday opening night because I knew that was the only time I was going to be able to see it, mm. and I'm the only one that pulled through in the clutch. Hey, mm. this is the first time it's happened for me. Okay, <laughs> yeah, me too. No, come on. <laughs> Um, so I won't spend too long on this one, but, uh, uh, what do you guys want to know? What do you all, I, I got all the, the knowledge in the world. Did surpass the original? Yes. Surpass? No. Is it? Movie sucks. <laughs> in the ballpark. It's in the ballpark. How do you feel about the first one? That's what I want to know first and foremost. I like The Incredibles a lot. When's the last time you saw it? Probably like five or six years ago. I rewatched it this weekend and it is fantastic. You would. It's still great. You would. <laughs> it's so good. It's very good. It's it's good, but it's it's not one of the best it's, Pixar movies. No, it's it's middle of the road Pixar, but that's still saying a lot. Oh, that's, that's still so saying, yeah. weak. No way. It's a great movie. The whole the I love the plot, all the powers, the way Superhero they come together. Stuff. 
It's great. It's great. The whole family dynamic is great. The fa- the husband and wife rewatching it, I was surprised at how like I don't know, not necessarily like they uh, were. At, what's the word I'm looking for when you're ahead of your time? I guess, but um, groundbreaking. No, not groundbreaking. Ahead of your time is maybe wise uh, beyond your years. No, no, no. <laughs> we're just throwing out idioms now. <laughs> All I'm saying is they have a lot. They have a lot of like. Uh, you know, her not just being the mom at home, right? Like, oh, you're going to go save the world and I'm going to be stuck with the kids. No, that's not happening. That kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, the chemistry the between the, the two characters movie? is really good. Yeah, it sounds like they continue that theme of uh, the role of the man and woman. A little bit of role reversal in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, it feels a little, little outdated because they're kind of playing like old timey gender roles but the film is also set like in the 60s so i mean it it makes sense um so no it's not as good as the original but it's pretty close Um, the animation's got to be way better oh my god it's so good it's it's incredible like the i was shocked (laughs) figuring out that the first one was 2004 because it still looks pretty good like Mm -hmm. it's it's simple right that's not super textured or anything but yeah it's no cocoa that's for sure it's no No. cocoa no way not even close (laughs) what were you about to say travis you said it's not or you said incredible and i oh finger guns (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i can start with the animation like it looks amazing like the action sequences in this movie are better than any of the shit in any of the marvel movies like it looks so good and it's so much more like inventive with its use of superhero powers and just like you can just do some really cool shit um the powers in the movie like none of them really have like that interesting of a power you know it's not like whoa i've never seen that before but they find really cool ways to use those powers to work together you kind of can see their dynamic as a family and the way they kind of interplay between the powers it's like fantastic four it's like incredibles one fantastic four yeah it's great, great call. <laughs> Perfect balance. It's um so like on that in that regard it's it's amazing. Looks amazing. Action sequences are top notch. It's um it feels a little familiar. It doesn't deviate too much from the first movie, so it it's uh I'm not going to get in any spoilers with this movie, but you think about like there's a 14 year gap in between these movies so you think oh they must have just had this like story that had to be told like it was this thing they've been sitting on and now they've been finally able to bring it to life it's not that from like a story level you know it's not anything that it's like had to be told it's relatively generic superhero movie in the sense that the plot follows like this uh the the villain is called uh screen slaver and they basically awesome. uh, killer villain name. like uh, hypnotize people. So you've seen that in in movies before, you know. I mean, the Joker kind of does that in the Tim Burton By, Batman. Like, screen with the watching is that how they do it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so twenty eighteen prescient. Oh man. Um, and the the villain, uh, you don't really know. I mean, you know a screen slaver, but you don't know screen slaver's identity. It's kind of similar to what they do in, in Incredibles because you don't know who Syndrome is. Syndrome, that's his name, right? Yeah. Uh, turns out to be Buddy, who's voiced by Jason Lee. They kind of do that. You don't know who the villain is, and then mm-hmm. it turns out it's a character in the film. But it's very telegraphed. Like they introduce a character in this film, and within like. 
maybe one or two scenes of being around this character i was like oh that's that's going to be the villain and then sure enough the twist happens and yeah that's the villain so it doesn't really i uh, said you weren't going to spoil anything well yeah i don't i didn't (laughs) tell you who it was but if you see this movie it'll you'll pick up on it pretty quickly it's it's pretty generic how they how they unveil like the villain in it um some really good moments of humor though uh there's one scene in particular with jack jack that's both an action scene and a comedy scene that had me fucking dying uh so that was amazing um and just you know these characters are all great and the voice performances are, are fantastic. i love holly hunter as the mom she's, she's so, so good. good she's so good and they're they have a moment early on in this movie um it's a, it's a little heavier um it's, it's kind of similar to that scene in the first movie where they're basically talking about um, like the nature of like abiding by the law, you know, they're talking about how he wants to go out and relive the glory mm-hmm. days and she's like, well, it's illegal. And like, you know, they kind of have this interplay where they're yeah, it having gets serious. She's also like, it's about, you're making this about you, right? And she just says it's being selfish. It's, it's deep cuts, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, she's making the argument that's about the kids. So there's, you know, there's moments like that, that, that resonate. I mean, it's, it's as much as it's a movie about superheroes, it's also a movie about, uh domesticity you know because they, they have the role reversal here where now craig t nelson's at home taking care of the kids and you know Hilarious. there's they, they they squeeze <laughs> some humor out of that um but some really standout scenes um beautiful to look at not quite on the same level as the incredibles but as far as like pixar sequels go it's probably the best sequel if you don't count the toy story movies it's better than monsters university it's better than finding dory it's better than the car sequels it for me it almost is as good as the first one it's very good i'm intrigued yeah. questions if the uh, peaks are action sequences and the animation slash visuals i'm in and some comedy it's, yeah a little bit of comedy not too much mm-hmm. um one of the things i loved about the first one is it's james bond vibe like the, you know, all the gadgets and the and secret music hideaway too. and the music and the way, he, like, there's that scene where he comes to the island for the first time and doesn't know what to expect and it dives into the water and then it pulls up and, like, lands and all the water drains out. It's just so cool. Do they have the same kind of thing going in the second No, one? this one kind of abandons the espionage kind of, yeah. you know, Bond stuff. It's, it's much more a superhero movie. Yeah. And they don't really play with the tropes of a superhero movie that much. Not that the first one really does either. <clears throat> but there's not really any elements of, like, subversion in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, it's a kid's movie. So there's lots here for adults though I, I feel like if you like the first incredibles this won't disappoint it's quite good how was that short i've heard uh good things yeah it's called bow uh it was very good um made me tear up a little bit they know how as to do pixar those. has wanted to do mm. uh really good stuff it looks awesome it's about a uh, uh asian american or can asian canadian there it, it's set in canada there's like someone's wearing uh on a wing. Oh, a Vince Carter jersey. Because uh, he played for Toronto, right? Yeah. Basketball yeah. expert. Yeah. Um, there's a, a someone's wearing like a Canadian flag shirt. So it's set in Canada, but it's, it's an Asian family. And it's about, you know, uh, like a, a pork bun comes to life, basically. And she like nurtures it like a child. It's really good. It's and like there's, kind of a, there's kind of a twist that happens. <laughs> it's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Totally get there early enough to see the short because it's uh, it's fantastic. <clears throat> but what if I have to 
run, make a candy run. Please, there's 25 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> 25 minutes of uh, trailers. So I've been better. Them. I've been better. I've been going to, uh, I've been going earlier and I've been going to the store beforehand and shoving things down my pants. There you go. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. The so, uh, ice cold Coca Cola is not quite as good when it's out of a bottle that has been down your pants. Yeah, but... dude. You gotta get that yeah. fountain drink. I don't know. Sneak in, sneak in the Whoppers, sneak in the Reese's Pieces, the Sour Patch Kids, but you gotta get that fountain drink. Uh, so we showed up at, to see Incredibles 2 downtown yesterday and it was just a madhouse with Father's Day and everything. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get in and we had all this candy that we'd stashed including pretzel M&M's, my favorite. Oh no. Oh yeah. And trolley weird beards. Weird beards? What is that? So you know James Harden? Harden? Yeah. He is sponsored by trolley. Oh my god. So are they beard gummies? They're beard gummies. They're his (laughs) face and like the top half is one color and then the beard is another color. It was great. I thought you were going towards the route of your M&M's melting. No, yeah. I, I ate them anyway. Oh, okay. I just, I was really excited because I had the perfect lineup of candy and soda to and drink. And no movie. And no movie. <laughs> so did you try to see something else or you just said... We wanted it? to, but we had, we already had plans for later. And we looked up a ton of other showings and they were all like pretty rough. Yeah. So. They have a Deadpool 2 gummies as well. <sighs> Probably. I can do without. Who cares? They're good gummies. Deadpool sucks. Yeah. Get OG OG trolley. It does, but the little gummy hands were pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty funny, actually. (laughs) Uh, All right. Any other questions for me on uh, Incredibles 2? Mm -mm, Not for me. I'm excited, though. I think it's Did you give a star rating? Not yet. Let's hear it. 4.5. 4.5. All right. Is the first one a 5 or a 4.5? It's a 5. Wow. You know, you remember my conversation, you got like your your top <clears throat> upper echelon Pixar uh, movies, then right. you're like top There's mid-tier. three upper tiers. There's three upper tiers. <laughs> okay. This is in the bottom upper, upper tier. tier. Okay. <laughs> so still a five, just not a like a Wally five. And then Incredibles two is like mid tier, but below the three okay. upper tiers. Interesting. You know what I'm talking about. I do. It's good shit. I struggle with it every day. It's good shit. The star rating system. Yeah. It's, it's the bane of my existence. <laughs> Torture. But also, it's what keeps me going. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. Well, that'll do it for Incredibles 2. Um, let's move on to our main review. We're going to be talking Hereditary. Wow. We have another clip. Here we go. You okay, Mom? What? Is there something on your mind? Is there something on your mind? It just seems like there might be something you want to say. Yeah. Like what? I mean, why would I want to say something so I could watch you sneer at me? Sneer at you? I don't ever sneer at no. you. Oh, sweetie, you don't have to. You get your point across. Okay, so fine. Then say what you want to say then. Peter. I don't want to say anything. I've tried. Same okay, thing. so try again. Release yourself. Oh, release you, you mean? Yeah, fine. Release me. Just say it. Just fucking say it. Don't you swear at me, you little shit. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. Do you understand? Okay, hereditary. First time filmmaker Ari Aster. Uh, film stars Tony Collette, Millie Shapiro, Gabriel Byrne, and uh, Alex Wolf. Who, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he used to go by Nat Wolf? 
Wasn't uh, that his uh his screen name? Which one's that? Believe that is correct. Yeah, he's um the brother, saver. the brother in Hereditary, mm, the son. I believe he used to go by Nat Wolf. I've definitely heard the name Nat Wolf before. But... It's definitely him. I, I guess now he's going. <laughs> I just mean I didn't realize that he goes by Alex Wolf now. But... Gotta look up his uh, Wikipedia page. Well, I got it up on IMDb. I might as well. AKA Nat Wolf name change. This just says uh, Alex Wolf. Alex. Maybe do we got uh, parentheses or quotations? Nat credited as uh... yeah. He he first gained recognition for starring along. Oh wait, no, his brother's name is Nat. Oh uh... what? Are they like twins or something? Nat and Alex Wolf. Holy shit! So wait, wait. So are they? They have to be twins. They look exactly the same. Well, let's see. November first, ninety. Oh no, his his elder brother is Nat Wolf. This guy looks exactly the same. This is fucking blowing my mind. They do right look now. very similar, but they are three years apart. Maybe this played into the movie. So Nat Wolf is from Paper Towns, Fault in Our Stars, Death Note. They don't look that similar, dude. It's the same person. Pretty no. similar. The eyes. I mean, it's very, the same fucking guy. The eyes very and the teeth. similar, but I mean, they just look like brothers. No, I'm I'm convinced that this is a conspiracy. They look more like brothers than my brother and I. And I would say my brother and I <laughs> they look, look like twins. Related. Their uh, <laughs> beauty marks are opposite. <laughs> I would say my brother and I are related. No, look related. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish they both had their little. At the very least, we are related. <laughs> oh, you guys are. Yeah. I thought that was just like you know when you have an uncle or I something. To confirm it on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, anyway, hereditary plot synopsis on this bad boy reads after the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences and begin to unravel dark secrets. Let's start things off uh, with the hype. The hype train was beyond real for this one. Can you think of a more hyped horror movie like ever or at least in our lifetime? Uh paranormal activity or saw or like not prior to it coming out though this movie had hype from its initial like premiere at sundance true yeah but it was at sundance you know so that's a different situation and this is a different age because like social media is so much more prominent also i didn't hear about hereditary till you guys told me and then i saw the previews and i was like we started talking about it months ago. Though. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And the articles, <laughs> the little, the pull quotes, yeah. the scariest film ever made. Equivalent they about to every a two-hour workout. I was pretty fucking tired at the end of that. Well, no, like your heart rate was racing. The equivalent to a two-hour workout. Mm. Yeah, that's one way to lose weight. <laughs> Not emotionally drained. Literally, physically drained from watching this movie. Okay. Well. Did it live up to the hype? I don't want to go first, but I will say no. You just went first. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I thought it was an exceptional film. Uh, The hype, I was just like, I was just hoping for another, you know, Babadook level movie. I don't like where this is going. Speaking of Babadook level, I did just rewatch that and... Huh? This is on a different level than Babadook. Wait, you think this is better than the Babadook? Yeah. All right. First things first. No. <laughs> <laughs> Babadook is still better. We're all over the place. <laughs> uh, you too, Tom? Do you think this is better than Babadook? 
Uh, I want to rewatch both of them. I remember being horrified watching The Babadook. Wow. <laughs> we need to get into this Don't, later. Okay, you're going to be one of those guys who's just not scared at anything. No, 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 no. Yes, you are. No, I yes. wanted to get... What were you scared at? What was the last movie that you were scared from? Oops. Hmm. Yep. Got him. <laughs> yeah. Got him. <laughs> Resident Evil. <laughs> what the fuck? No, the game <laughs> that the I just game? played today, yeah. Oh, it's pretty the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well executed jump scares in that game. Okay, let's not go yeah, back to creaky Resident doors. <laughs> <laughs> a masterpiece. I just have to play it. I I just I think that the only criticisms that I've seen on the intranet of Hereditary have been from people who I don't like because they are not scared at any movie that they go to, and they specifically go to horror movies planning to not be scared and then they write about it afterward okay well, right it's like a, it's like a challenge like nothing scares me i'm yeah. gonna see this movie and yeah. i'm not gonna and be it's scared. a bunch of bullshit because if you are invested at all and you go to have an experience like it's a slow burn but i remember being pretty scared most of the movie i don't know maybe i'm particularly susceptible are we i've seen a lot talking of talking about hereditary or films. no we're talking about hereditary babadook <laughs> i did not see in theaters okay but I will agree that it is scary, but I wasn't like terrified. It's also kind of in my wheelhouse because if I don't want to spoil anything, but you guys can probably remember a recent horror film that I liked more than both of you that has some parallels. Which one? Well, I didn't want to. The Witch, Killing yeah. of a Sacred Deer. Yeah, the Witch. Oh, I rewatched The Witch as well. And very high on that movie. Yes. Very high. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would also say that The Witch is better than this movie. What? Mm-hmm. I thought you guys didn't even really like The Witch. I liked it a lot. I Travis didn't like it initially. Like it. it made my top 10, but not your guys'. That's probably yeah, what yeah. it was. Yeah. But the reason why I didn't like it the first time is because I didn't understand half of what was being said. Yeah, that was tough. I had to put on subtitles. I was taken out of the movie. Well, I saw it in theater yeah. first. and then That's brutal. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. Okay, let's talk about some other things about Hereditary. Yeah. I thought the performances were great. Yes. I love, th- I think there's levels to this movie. I think it works not just as a horror movie, but as, you know, a drama. Um, it is, again, it's in my particular wheelhouse. I like the subject matter. I love any horror movie. Well, they really affect me when home doesn't feel like a safe place, which is pretty common in horror movies, but this one, I really felt it. Um yeah, I, the I mean, there's a there's a shocker about a quarter of the way into this movie that took me way by surprise. It's probably more like halfway. Oh, I don't think it's that far. I think there's a lot. Most of the movie is after that. I'm it's probably sure. one third in. Okay, well, yeah, one third. But I mean, we all are talking about the same thing. Like, yes. I don't even have to ask the question. Like, yeah. That moment definitely like takes. You I by was surprise. shocked. <laughs> Like, in a way that I haven't been in a movie in oh, a yeah. long my, my time. My mouth was open. Yes. Yes. My <laughs> jaw dropped. <laughs> yeah. I, like, honestly, so the the build up to that moment happening is what gave me the most anxiety, like, throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get into spoilers, but that situation and then just, like, the way it's staged, the progression of it, I felt really, really anxious. Yeah. And yeah. then that moment haps- happens, and it was just like, 
a release in like a bad way not not in like a, i didn't enjoy it but it was just like a, i had all this anxiety for that situation mm-hmm. and then that happens out of nowhere and i was just like so startled yeah so that was like a master class for me that was the best scene in the movie for me for sure yeah, yeah. i would agree and then even the stuff following that scene is kind of like unsettling and confusing. Yeah, You're just like, there are other confusing. Some, there sure. are other incredible moments after that, though. Yeah, but I, as far as like tension or like yeah. suspense, I feel like that was. Oh man, it's giving me chills just to think about. I, this is one of those movies that I want to see again in theaters, and I'm almost never that person. Yeah, I feel like I definitely would like to see it again. Not that I missed a whole lot or anything, but I right. feel like I'd pick up on more stuff, and then it might just be a better experience after like my expectations have leveled out a little bit. I kind of worry that it won't have the same. You could say this about any movie, especially a horror film, but I feel like this one could lose a lot after it's out of theaters. Yeah. I also, I I kind of think that there's really not going to be like, it's not going to reward rewatches outside of it just being like a well-crafted film. Tony Collette's performance is amazing. Yeah. But with a movie like this, where so much of it is just, a lot of it is just visual terror. So especially in like the last probably 30 minutes of the film, that's where things kind of really escalate. One, a lot of that is spoiled in the trailer, which is not the movie's fault, but some of the most like disturbing images I had already seen out of context, which kind of diluted its impact when I was there in the theater. Uh, having said that, though, my favorite, uh, my favorite movie, my favorite movie, my favorite moment in the movie, uh, it's in the trailer. Uh, there's a, a clip in the trailer where Tony Klutz's character is bashing her head against mm. something. Oh, gosh. That, like, when that happened in the film, it, like, freaked me out mm-hmm. because, like, it's so abnormal. Yeah, and it comes, it doesn't, I won't say it comes out of nowhere, but it's just like, there's a really quick edit, and then it just cuts to that happening, and I was just like, oh my god, like, I got so, like, freaked out. Um, I don't know if you guys will agree with this or not, but I feel like uh, the, the end of the movie gets a little too literal for me. Like, I liked the mystery of the first half, because there's a lot of just, like, it's not explicitly supernatural. It is, but you don't really... There's no explanation behind it. There's, there's a, a lot of question marks around around the characters as well. It fills in basically all of that by the end. It becomes... Rather than just like, is are these characters hallucinating? What's real? What's not? How much of this is metaphorical? So what you're saying is It Comes at Night did it better. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's while the second half of the movie, especially the final, like the climax, is very suspenseful. I was more interested by the first half before we really know what's going on because it becomes clear what's going on, and then you know it just I, there's some really frightening images, but it's not anything I feel like I haven't seen before. The last five minutes are not scary because, like, there's a there's a point where everything comes to a head during that last thirty minutes or so. And then it's like, okay. And it's then you just gone sort of, at that point. you just get the, yeah. And you just get the, the blanks filled in and then you're just left with processing what you just saw basically. But that doesn't really, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't bothered by that. I was just kind of interested at that point. <laughs> but, yeah. But I know what you were talking about. Like it, uh, loses a little bit of its, a little bit of nuance, I guess. 
that you have, especially in the first half of the of the film. But I do feel like it took a while to get where it was going too. Hmm. Not that I was ever like bored watching it, but I just feel like it took a while to get going. And then it just like really ramped up in the last 20, 30 minutes or so. Yeah. I like the literal approach. I probably would have liked it either way, honestly, as long as it was well done. It didn't matter to me how it played out exactly, but it just that part of it ultimately felt generic. What that ends up being, you know, really? Yeah, I don't think I mean, it it's felt a generic. Movie about, I mean, you know, like, I, yeah, I feel like we've seen stories like it recently and a lot of the like horrific imagery I've seen in other movies too. Hmm. I thought it was a really well-made movie and I'm going to give it a high score. I think it's a great movie. Probably one of the best, you know, horror movies or movies in general released this year. But I think the hype is what kind of brought it down for me a little bit. And then just, it just, you guys got to start, stop reading those fucking articles. Well, <laughs> let me elaborate on what he just said. I don't, I don't think the hype brought it down. I just think, it didn't live up well, yeah. to the hype. It's a really, really good horror movie. We're all horror fans here. Yeah. And maybe part of this is just because we watch a lot of horror movies. So maybe to someone who sees like one horror movie a year, this is fucking mind blowing. But I've seen hundreds of horror movies in my life. Yeah. Some of the very best, some of the very worst. I've seen all well, the and there's very different kinds of horror movies too. Like there's like the straight up slasher. That's not really going for much other than, you know, kills, violence, and hmm. paratatas. Yeah, this isn't that. <laughs> this is, you know, a much more elevated, like, yeah. uh, there's a, uh, there's a lot to dig into, I oh, think, yeah. emotionally in this film, too. Yeah, there are, there's one moment in particular that actually is, like, pretty emotional. Like, yeah. Tony Collette's performance just, like, yeah. totally sells it. I think she's, like, this is probably the best performance of the year so far. I mean, it's up there with, like, Joaquin... And uh, oh, you yeah. were never really here. Um, Ethan Hawke and First Reformed. It's really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if she gets nominated for an Oscar. Mm. So f- super strong. It just wasn't this like masterpiece that all of the marketing made it out to be. Like I'm not gonna blame the movie for that. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but if there wasn't all that hype behind it, I don't know if I would like it more. I just think because I went into it with those expectations. There was that kind of sense of disappointment leaving the theater just because of what I was expecting and what I got. But I don't know if it didn't bring down my score or anything. I think it's a really, really well done horror movie. It looks good. There's some kind of cool camera techniques that the film uses, which is impressive for like a first time filmmaker. I just think, <clears throat> I mean, we brought it up earlier with The Witch. Uh, the, you know, kind of similar vibes, especially towards the end. Uh, and i don't know there's just something about you know they're both slow burn films the witch is just i don't know it's so much it's more provocative it's more interesting setting you know it's not a haunted house movie Mm -hmm. um and the impact of the ending of the witch for me is just like that's what makes the movie in this i was just like oh okay well yeah that's that's how the movie ends that was creepy and kind of neat but you know i didn't realize the witch was on your top 10 last or 2016 Yeah, yeah it was well done I think it was Good my call. number 10. Good call. Sneaking it on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about it more in what we've been watching, but... I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, because I really want to rewatch it. Great. But... Great movie. Also, this made me <laughs> want to watch The Exorcist. 
because I've never seen that. You've never seen The Exorcist? No. Oh, the well. Exorcist is definitely a better movie than this, for sure. Well, I'm going to I'm going to reserve my my designation of hereditary as what as a masterpiece or not for seeing The Exorcist because I've seen I don't know what are what are classic horror films? The Shining. Okay, yeah, I've seen The Shining like four times. What's better? The Shining, but but they're they're. I mean, The Shining is like so classic. It's got yeah. it's got everything. It invented things, you know. Yeah, it's also Stanley Kubrick who has been exactly. making films for a long time. You can watch the thing yeah. about The Shining is you can watch it ten times in a year and still find it like interesting and captivating. I don't know if you can do that with Hereditary. But in terms of modern horror films that I love, like The Babadook and It Follows and It Comes at Night, if you want to count that, and... Uh, Why wouldn't we count it? And The Witch, it's right there for me. Like, those five are totally my favorite of the last five or six years, and I would have a hard time picking a favorite of all of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I would agree. This is up there for me also, but I don't think it's as... Like, if we're talking those films specifically, this one's probably at the bottom of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and part of that might even just be, like, preference. Yeah, Like, yeah. some of those may not be as well-made, or maybe they're on the same level. It's just I gravitate towards certain things in those movies compared to this one. Or I saw those those ones first, and this maybe reminded me of a couple of those, so it gets brought down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you also have, like, some of those movies are, are more stylized than this. Like, you have the score in It Follows. Which I've listened to that style. outside of the film. Yeah, the music in this movie—it's effective, but you know, it's it's the horror movie music. You know, it's very—it's full of dread, and it amplifies what you're seeing on the screen. But you know, it's not. It follows. You know, like yeah. I was immediately struck by the music in that movie. Well, oh, this... yeah. the, the soundtrack for It Falls is crazy. <laughs> I don't know. This movie made me feel more vulnerable than It Follows does. I can be very. It, it follows has a uh, kind of voyeuristic vibe to it, whereas this movie I was like, Ugh. so like what you were talking about the masterclass for the first shocker of the film. Mm-hmm. After that, I was impressed with how well they brought you back into the film, and you know it didn't just end right, and then you have a hard time get back getting back into it because it was such a climax, and. Uh, I just felt, if anything, more vulnerable after that happened as a viewer than before because I just knew shit was going to go Anything south. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. <laughs> and it was going to be so bad. <laughs> there is um, one moment towards the very end of the film that I thought was a little corny and excessive and people were laughing out loud at my screening. Mm-hmm. It involves Tony Collette's character mm-hmm. and lots of blood. Mm-hmm. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah, was, I didn't did that work for you? Funny. Or? Uh, I didn't, also didn't think it was funny, but I was like, well, that's a little much. We were in the same theater. Yes, Tom was sitting right behind me and my girlfriend. Uh, there were a few people laughing toward the end of the movie. And I wasn't like mad at them, but I was a little you bit. You were disappointed. <laughs> It well, was just like, just stay quiet, you know, because yeah. it ruins it for everybody else. And I wasn't necessarily feeling that way. They show you a lot in the last 30 minutes. There's a lot of time to process things and decide whether or not you think that they're absurd or terrifying. Yeah. And the people who think they're absurd can't keep their fucking mouth shut. 
and the people who think they're terrifying have it ruined by the people who think it's absurd. <laughs> I think that's part of it, but I also think that's just how some people react to this kind of stuff. They're yeah. so stressed out that their reaction is to just go the opposite way and yeah. laugh at it. There was a pretty funny moment, though, in our screening where it was dead silent mm. like you hear a pin drop and uh -huh. then something happens and then one woman just yells like she like basically screamed oh man and then people so were like funny. snickering because it was it was literally just her voice because there's no scream? sound in the scene can you tell us it's uh, uh tony collette's character we should do we should do spoilers if we have anything uh, left to say okay just hanging out what the fuck? And then there's a moment where you you don't know what's going to happen next, and you see something dart in the background. Yeah. And that's when she just... Ah! But yeah, it was so funny because it was just her. <laughs> oh complete so she silence. Must, she must have just realized what was going on. No, I think she was just so, like, so tense. Ready for and it. then there was that release, and then it happened, and it just, like... <laughs> But people were, that was legitimately funny though. People were laughing at that, but they were, that was reacting to well, you her. Remember, but there was that other guy who laughed. Um, there's a scene between Tony Collette and the son where. Very serious line. A very serious line is said, and everybody processes it for like two seconds, and then he laughed. And it was kind of funny. It was pretty funny too. Cause it, yeah, there, he let it linger a bit, and then he, it was almost like a, <laughs> like, yeah. a gun, like a gun, like a gun. That was pretty funny. <clears throat> I don't know. It was a it was a packed theater, so I knew there was going to be fucked up shit happening all over. It's yeah. different when you go to see a movie that has like ten people in it, you know. But when you go to a theater that has eighty, then someone's gonna Gotta find that sweet spot. Someone just can't can't keep can't it keep their oh yeah shit most of together. the like i would go see the paranormal activity movies opening night, and then it just got to be an annoyance. Yeah, people are like just munching on popcorn talking to their friend and being like oh I bet this is gonna happen yeah <laughs> taking phone calls you know ruining the scares <laughs> right before they're about to happen it's just like why am i here yeah you guys <laughs> that's with horror movies especially though that's hit or miss yeah seeing a horror movie in a live setting can really enhance it or just fucking ruin it you know what i mean yeah hmm. all right anything else on uh, hereditary before we give some star ratings no no all right, it's a four and a half for me. Four. Five. I do feel like this has the potential to go up to 4.5, maybe five on a rewatch. Wow. Saying a lot. Hmm. We'll see. What was your favorite element of the film? Um, and then what was your least favorite? I'm very curious. To know. Mostly the performances, probably the yeah. most. Tony. Yeah, Tony. Tone. She's the best. But I do and love she that never other woman really... who plays Joan. She's so good. Oh, and yeah, Dowd. and Dowd. She's yeah. in everything. She's so good. She's in everything. She, well, she plays the same role in everything, but she plays it so well. She does. <laughs> um, I mean, there were some good moments in it, but I feel like the performances are probably the, the strong suit. Mm -hmm. And I like that the movie's going for something a little bit more grand than just scares. Mm -hmm. And what was the what was the weakness? The hype and the familiarity, it just kind of brought it down, you know, mm. a level. There was maybe an expectation that this was going to be groundbreaking. Yeah. And it wasn't. Mm. For me, at least. One of the groundbreaking things that never really plays out the way you think it's going to uh, 
is the model making. Yeah, and that's an interesting part of the film. Especially, especially considering how it opens. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's something and, that I may, like, re- like on future watches, like, reward analyzing that aspect there might be of it. Some, there's some, Why don't we there, analyze it a little bit in spoilers? You now? know there's someone on Reddit just fucking laying out a whole explanation of how that plays in. Yeah, but ultimately... Let's talk about it. Let's go into spoilers. I don't have anything to say about it. I also don't I'm, really have anything to say about it. I could say something. We can about if you it. want. Okay. Well, let's let's Spoilers. do it. Brief, uh, brief, and we can also we could also talk about the ending. Maybe we I've referred to it as a little too literal. Yeah. We can get into yeah. it. If you, if you have not seen Hereditary, look at the show notes. Skip ahead a couple minutes. Um, Travis, well, shed some light. I don't know if this is necessarily what he was trying to go for, but I feel like it's at least part of it. It's a companion film to Anomalisa. Am I right? Yes. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like it's it's like God's plan or whatever, and he's kind of you're living in his world, and you uh, can't really control what's going on. You know, things just happen to you. Yeah, yeah. I would maybe buy that a little bit more if there was more of a like religious. There's definitely spin religious on stuff it. going on in this movie, only in the sense that we're dealing with the supernatural and the spirit yeah. realm. I don't think there's really anything explicitly religious in the film, at least not that I can recall. No. Not really. I thought one of the things that the movie did really well was not going for some of the easy things. Like, uh, as an example, with the miniatures, none of them ever move. I was always like, one of these fucking things is going to turn its head and I'm going to throw up. (laughs) And it never does. And I kind of wanted to throw up anyway. Uh, And then another thing would be there would be a lot of close-ups of people's faces you know, where you're like really primed for a scare and it never really happens. I thought there was a, a fair amount of restraint in the movie. So like the way I would read the use of the miniatures is more so that it's it's about like things being outside your control. So she I mean, kind of it's kind of similar yeah. to what you're saying. So she is the creator of these miniatures. It's all very uh, realistic and meticulous but she manipulates every aspect of it what can is contained in these scenes is her creation there these figurines are basically you're going to do her will yeah and then you have all these characters who are in this house and things just happen that are outside their control they're terrorized by forces that they don't understand so, you know it's yeah it's a, i guess not god specifically but some sort of higher power that is kind of controlling to an extent of what's happening in your life. Yes. Okay. Totally. Haven't you ever felt that way? You know, like something happens to you and you're like, what yeah. the fuck? You know, or like a series of events happen to you all at once and it's like, oh, I got a case of bad luck. You know, well, it's, it, but it's like. It makes sense with her too that she would try and encapsulate portions of her experience because it sounded like. It, one of the things we didn't talk about was how everything kind of unfolds throughout the film about the history of the family and who people are to each other and everything. And clearly there, she had a fucked up childhood. Right. And so there's a lot going on there too, where you can interpret why she might do this, why this is what she does for a living. But, um, do you guys have any questions about what actually happened and who was involved at certain points and who was who, or anything like that. Not I felt really. like I, picked I feel it like it's well. all 
pretty much spelled out. I mean, for the most part, at least. Yeah. Like maybe some of the minor details, like a rewatch or reading up on it might help. But So, Tony Collette, at the end, goes fucking bonkers. Yeah. Is that explained why she just flips? Because she's not possessed. Or is she? No, she 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 is. You know when um, the husband gets lit on fire. Yes. There's a moment where she she's terrified and she's yes. reacting, yes. and then there's like a that tr- uh, recurring image of like a like the it's almost like a radar or like a light pulse. Yes. kind of goes through that happens, and then it's like a light switches, and her expression just goes blank. Yes, that was okay. Me I do rem- I do she remember that. Yeah, possessed. But, but was yeah, that supposed to be like by the, the same? Um, the same entity that ends up possessing uh the son. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it's it's if it's possession in the sense that his demon spirit or whatever mm-hmm. is physically within her. I his think grandma. it's more of just uh his manipulation. Like I don't. I don't know if it was like uh uh she, he's actually physically inhabiting her. I think it was more. Which I guess you can tie back to like the 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 miniatures. I mean, she was just a tool for for him. You know what I mean? This this demon doing his work because his his goal is to find like a male strong like human host to overtake. How do you interpret the title of the film? Uh, I I interpret it as far as just like inheriting. Uh, trauma from from family members and you can never really escape past trauma and just uh just the fucked up things that have happened in your life and in your family mm-hmm. uh that's kind of how i read it anyway yeah because it's it's about family right. I mean, the movie is about family right right it's She's about the, the family legacy mm-hmm. they allude to the her brother having committed suicide because mom put voices in his head was that her attempting to possess him or make him the possession victim? I'm assuming so. Yeah. I mean, it, for them to put that line of dialogue in the movie. Yeah. I also, there's lots of little things. Uh, one thing I did appreciate was there's a line um, where very early on in the film where Tony Collette's character is talking to Alex Wolf, I think. Maybe mm. she's talking to her husband. But she makes a comment about how when uh, Charlie was born, the, the little yes. girl... She just like got her hooks in. The grandmother got her hooks into. Well, her because early. she wouldn't let her next. To, she wouldn't let her spend time with the son because it was her first kid, and she was like, "No, grandma's not talking to my first <laughs> kid. You can talk to the second one because I'm a little bit cooler now." But yeah, but that I mean, in retrospect, that's interesting because yeah. I mean, she almost not not literally, but you know, uh, not meta- metaphorically speaking, I guess, did actually get her hooks in her because that's the point when she basically like took her on to do her bidding well okay so how do you interpret that was charlie so what my my understanding is that the demon was in charlie the whole time he just couldn't really execute his demonness in a female body that's why she was so weird i think he the the spirit was like dormant within her just kind of biding its time until they could because I think they had they had to wait for the grandmother to die. Because there's this thing about how there, he needs three three bodies when they're reading the book. 
talking about how there need to be three bodies basically like sacrifice yeah. so i mean at the end you have the headless decomposing corpse of the grandmother yeah, that shit which is also neat because it lit. makes sense because early on in the film like her we find that her grave was desecrated yeah. that makes sense you have charlie's headless body and then you have tony collette cutting her head off yeah. That satanic stuff, man, it just gets to me like like the witch or men just naked people in the woods fucking freaky. That is super freaky. I think part of the reason why I think I like the witch more is because it's supernatural. But up until the very end where they're just kind of floating up in the air, there's nothing like like hereditary where she's just like running on walls yeah. and like, you know, as weird like, as it sounds, it feels grounded in the witch. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I mean, yeah, this image of Tony Collette, like, perched up in a corner is creepy, but, like, what is it about the fact, like, what is she fucking Spider-Man? Like, how is she? Because is she, it's not like she was in the corners, like. We've seen that in other things, too. And we have, we? and that's part of it, too. That's something we've seen before, you know what I mean? So that's. Yeah. What what have we this seen? This movie stole in, some imagery from uh, Let the Right One In, for sure. Yeah, because she does that in that movie, doesn't she? Yeah. She's like scaling a building, oh. and you don't see her at first, and then you see her move, oh. you know, and it's like it's very similar to that scene. And then someone just getting like lit on fire. It's also in Let the Right One In. Let the Right One did it first. The husband was a he, he did, did a better good, good performance too. I thought everybody he did did a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I was not expecting charlie to go so soon now that we're in spoilers no I also, she's she was, a prominent part of the trailer i was like oh she's gonna be like the main so character uh, see that's that's one thing too i kind of lost a little bit of interest i mean not immediately after she died because the way her death was handled and the aftermath of it was really interesting mm-hmm. because yeah but you want more of that character yes yeah yeah she was pretty captivating yeah she's a uh, man she's a lightning bolt in that movie just so unsettling everything about her yeah Oh is this gosh. her like i i heard she won a tony for i think a play maybe or something i don't know but <laughs> this is probably one of her first film roles i'm assuming right yeah i mean she's supposed to be what like 12 or 13 in the film yeah yeah i think so 13 12 oh one one thing that i th- i thought was didn't need to be there was there's kind of I don't know if I go so far as saying it's a romantic subplot, but Alex Wolf's character, there's this kind of like flirty thing he has with this girl that doesn't really doesn't go, go anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> I like that because it was just showing him as just being a normal kid trying to figure his shit out. Do we need that? Smoking though? a little pot. Oh, it didn't take that long. <laughs> I put like 10 minutes in. Maybe. Yeah, but he could just like, he could just like, you know, stare like he could just stare at the girl. Like they, they, they make the point of like him going to the party. Well, they have to justify him going there and like bringing his sister to there needs to be a reason why he made a stupid like several stupid decisions also i question the motivations behind that scene because there's no way he would bring her to that party because he's trying to go there to like it's a like he would be made fun of for like bringing his little sister you know like at that point i would just not go yeah yeah but his mom did push him pretty hard didn't she yeah he kind of had go? to take her somewhere he, well that he could have just said i don't she had to go mind, with i don't want to go no that the daughter had to go with him yeah, well yeah but at that point i would have just been like oh you know what i'm not gonna go you know what yeah I mean? like that would be better than showing up to that party but that's just you this is nitpicky <laughs> i mean well yeah no i mean it didn't like bring me out of the movie that much it was just like i i i confess i was having the same feelings like who the fuck would bring 
like she's weird enough to think she wouldn't tell right like you could maybe get away with yeah. it yeah but who wants to show up with their their little sister yeah you're definitely carrying some heavy baggage into that party <laughs> yeah oh. yeah and then you know you got a babysitter too. i was also oh. confused why they didn't call an ambulance instead of driving what looked like a quite a long it's drive. all part of the plan man <laughs> I guess he was stoned. That was the explanation. You, you can't make any decisions yeah, right. even when you're total pothead. Yes, yeah, you can. That was interesting. That was a comment on our current society. <laughs> that was interesting, but also, like, there's a scene where you you hear Tony Collette reacting to the news that she found out Charlie oh, died. Oh, God. What are, are we meant to assume? Did he bring her body home, or did she get a he phone call? He left it in the back I think he left seat. the body in the back seat. And then she just like went out to the car, oh, I guess, and found the body. So but he just like up. went upstairs and like went to bed, like yeah, he as to, if well, he didn't nothing sleep. happened. He just laid in bed. Well, yeah, but almost act as if nothing happened. Um, I mean, that's you know, he was in a state of shock. Yeah, which but I thought it, was interesting, but also just kind of like what? I feel like that's kind of a situation where you you have to tell your parents what happened. That was that was heightened for dramatic effect for sure. But yeah. you know, it worked. That was a very it was interesting at the very least. You know what I mean unexpected yeah. i'll give you an example of something that you would try and sneak by your parents because this happened to me let's hear it i was driving home one night after a long week overtime and a concert driving from seattle to auburn on like a friday night you know 50 hour week just went to a concert heading home mm-hmm. i'm driving I look over my brother's sleeping and somehow i like thought hey that might be a good idea to fall asleep too like it just <laughs> it, it's not that i like consciously made the decision like i'm gonna fall asleep but i was just like so tired the heat was like a mm. perfect amount and i'm just like i close my eyes for a second and then i hit one of those like cylinder big you know orange construction cones uh-huh. and it like ripped my side mirror off but I like woke up and you know came to my senses. Holy shit! No one was hurt, just the side mirror. But I didn't tell my. That was like a shared family car, yeah. and so I, you know, I drove it home that night. Went to bed, didn't tell my dad. Just thought I could maybe fix it, you know, and he wouldn't notice. The next morning, so what happened to the mirror? I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> that is something you would try and sneak by your parents, not but not decapitating your sister. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, just his reaction of just like getting in the car and leaving. Like sure have a moment where you're shocked and you don't know how to react, but then call the police or something. Yeah. Like which, you know, ultimately I just feel like it kind of it plays in the movie a bit. It just, was jarring. Yeah, unsettling and like what is going on? It kind of just makes you Ugh. Yeah. It was good. It was real good. It was quite good. It was really good. It just there's better. God, I want to watch this movie with other people. I want them to experience it for the first time while I watch them. Okay, we'll watch it again before the end of the year. Okay. Okay. All right. Any final thoughts on Hereditary? No. No. Cool. All right. Moving on to our last feature review, we're going to be talking American Animals. We got another clip. Let's take a listen. Everything in our family was geared towards our kids to be successful. It was just uh, a moment in which we lost them. (laughs) 
sorry. Okay, American Animals, written and directed by Bart Layton, who uh, is primarily known for being a documentarian. Uh, he did Travis the Imposter. Is that the film you did? Yep. Great documentary. Yeah, I've it's been on my list for a long time. I just haven't checked it out. Um, plot synopsis reads, four young men mistake their lives for a movie and attempt one of the most audacious heists in U.S. history. Film stars Evan Peters, Anne Dowd, who we talked about uh, in the last review, uh, Blake Jenner, who you may know from Edge of Seventeen, yep. Everybody Wants Some, and uh, Travis's favorite actor, Barry Keegan. That guy rocks. Barry. So just me and Travis saw this one. Um, so why well, one thing I will mention, and this is not something I expected... This guy has a background in, in documentary. This movie is like some, a documentary yeah. fiction hybrid. Some might say this is a documentary. Well, no, no one would say that. But. <laughs> Maybe. Um, some would say it's a hybrid. Well, I feel like it's it's kind of it's it's kind of like a documentary, but it's mostly like reenactment. So, you know, like there's documentaries with reenactment footage. And then there's drunk history. But it's mostly like eighty five percent documentary, fifteen percent like re you know no like the the retelling of the story type thing oh okay but this this movie's flipped there's like 15 percent documentary what do you mean 15 percent like talking 85 percent interview yeah. the actual people oh really yeah it's really interesting so uh, they do no this clue. thing where like you see all these characters in the film but then you'll see this guy and it's set up like a documentary you know someone sitting in front of a camera and then it'll be freeze frame the real steven whatever and there will be a tag so then you're introduced to all of these players who you're seeing like represented fictionally in the film but the way it's edited it's intercut sporadically with narration from the real life characters you see the footage and there's also like an interesting blend of reality like the characters the documentary subjects will occasionally bleed into the fiction of the film it's really stylized and really interesting yeah there's a point when like the fictionalized character will drive by a house and the house they drive by is the real life person but this you know the same and the boss look at each other yeah it's interesting that's awesome um i described it when we got out of the screening um wait did we see this together yeah Yeah. we did see this together i described it for me it's it's like a merger of bernie like the richard linklater film Mm -hmm. um great movie i'm already forgetting i said three movies didn't i it was bernie uh thoroughbreds uh, i can't I don't remember. remember what you were yeah but there were some films that immediately came to mind um bernie in particular because that's also kind of a documentary hybrid because they interview people who are in the in the town carthage texas i think is what it's called um blended with you know these scenes of jack black playing this real life character um so I wasn't expecting that. Did you know anything about no, that going into this? No, I had no idea. This? I mean, I don't think the trailer plays into that no, at all. No, no, no. no. So, I bet yeah. that would have been a huge turnoff for audiences, trying to pull that off in a trailer. Yeah, that's true. Sounds tough. Yeah, so that part was interesting. As far as um, the casting goes and performances, 
pretty good. The performances are really good. I would, yeah, solid I'm across little, the board. Uh, bummed to hear that Barry Keegan was boxed in by a real life character. He actually, so part of the reason why I said that just now is most of the other uh, casting choices kind of make sense. I feel like he he doesn't really look or sound like his real life counterpart. Yeah. I feel like well, I brought this up to Matt, but his performance in The Killing of a Sacred Deer, it's kind of like maybe put him in a box a little bit mm-hmm. where like you're expecting that level of performance from him now. Or like if he doesn't play that character, you're thinking like, oh, well, why did they cast him? Like, mm-hmm. you know, they could have cast anyone or I don't know. It's... I, I don't think he was necessarily miscast, but I don't feel like he really like shined in the movie. I think he was good in the movie. I think yeah. he gives a good performance, but it's it's jarring for me because you have this interplay between the real character and the you know Barry Keegan. You you see there's like a uh, an effect where you you it's kind of jarring because they don't really like. I mean, I won't I won't go as far as saying he's miscast, but you see the two of them like in a single scene. It might cut between the real one and the fictional one. And you just see, like, they don't look the same. Their yeah. mannerisms are different. The voice is different. He's the he's the the black sheep of the group. So if you didn't have that documentary kind of realism blending, it might not be jarring. Maybe I would like his performance a lot more because yeah. you don't have this weird interplay between these fictional characters and the real people who are kind of blending together. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, having said that. The main character, I guess you could say the main character of the film, Evan Peters. Yeah. He gives a great performance and he does a spot on, like he's spot on with the real life version of that guy. Yeah. Maybe a little more like hyper, but yeah, I mean, they got the same kind of like, he's also older, you know, the real life version, you know, this is being filmed. The events that happen in this film take place in 2003, 2004. Um, I guess we should say the, the plot synopsis isn't really say anything about the heist itself it's like an art heist so they're college kids Mm. and they come up with a plan to basically steal arts and books from this like uh library basically like it's like a like a special room a special room (laughs) in a library we have to like sign you know in and out to get to get in so we're all in rarish rare shit is like they have a uh, darwin's uh on species and life or whatever the fuck the name of his book is um stuff like that mm. so they basically concoct this plan um i love this movie have we have we said that yet no um i liked it a lot yeah as, as well mm. yeah tell me travis how's the reveal the reveal <laughs> would you say there's a reveal in this movie there has to be uh, <laughs> like the execution of the heist or no, no, no. the reveal i feel like there isn't really yeah, a reveal there's not not a reveal yeah, sucks. This one. how's the heist there's no kaiser soze in this if that's what you're yeah. asking uh bummer the heist is good <laughs> it's it's tense it's super tense and i love watching like non-experts mm-hmm. try and you know execute yeah, yeah. an expert <laughs> how can i watch this movie where is it showing? Go to the theater. Is it showing at multiple locations? It's playing at AMC yeah. Seattle 10. Okay. I saw it. Pacific Place. Yeah, that's where. We wait, saw it in Bellevue. We saw it in, in Bellevue, but it's it's playing all over. Does it have a rock and soundtrack? 
It does actually have a pretty good soundtrack. Yeah, and it seems like it would. It's mostly songs you don't typically hear in movies, and I appreciate that a bit. Oh, uh, one, one example. Well, I can't remember what it what, was. Hurdy Gurdy? Yeah, Hurdy Gurdy. <laughs> it's from fucking Zodiac, right? Yeah. yeah I, God. Which song is that? Is the Hurdy Gurdy man? Yeah. Is that in Zodiac? <laughs> it's something like that. Yeah. Huh. Um, what, what point in Zodiac does that play? It's like it, it's like a bookend, expert. right? Isn't it like the beginning in the or no? It ends with Hurdy Gurdy. I don't know. It's Maybe. been a while since I've seen Zodiac, but man, Zodiac is underrated. That movie made that song creepy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, going back to American Animals. Um, yeah, super suspenseful. It's pretty funny too. Yeah, it's very entertaining because most of the movie is basically them preparing for the heist because they have no idea what they're doing, so they do it through like watching reservoir dogs and all the other they, there's literally a scene where they like rent a bunch of heist movies and they're just yeah. like just eating popcorn and watching heist movies to, like help plan for this heist mm-hmm. so you have that suspense which is an interesting dynamic not anything we haven't seen before but where they have these very meticulous well-researched plans but then as soon as something deviates from the plan they don't know what they're doing you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's not like uh like one of the oceans movies which there actually there's a reference to the oceans films in this, which is pretty funny. Is it modern day? I mean, it's yeah, it's like the event early happened 2000s. like early two thousand. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but as soon as something goes wrong, they like you know, the, there's panic involved, and you're just just all this just like anxiety around like things not going according to plan, which you know it makes for suspense for sure. Yeah, it feels like they don't really have a plan B hmm. once they decide on the plan. They have a plan B, but when plan A fails and plan B doesn't work in reality, and then just like, well, you know, stuff like that. Like, you yeah. can have a plan B, but if it doesn't shake out like how you expect plan B to shake out, yeah. stuff like that, you it know? Kind of fucked. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, it's, yeah, it's. If it weren't for this kind of interesting blend of realism and uh and and fantasy i don't know if the movie would be as compelling that's yeah. kind of what makes it so because they also play into like almost like i Tanya, like you kind of believe what you want right happened and they even play with that a bit like there's one part where like they have to go meet this guy mm. and they give like two perspectives like it's gonna say one of the guys like it was a guy with long hair and a, a blue scar no way a purple scar but like you'll actually see the scarf turn from blue to purple on screen uh-huh. but then it like comes from the other guy and it's like oh no he was an older guy and and it's all and like, that's funny the like replay perspectives and like that really without giving any spoilers that really <clears throat> comes together at the end because kind of the theme of the movie is just like forced perspective and memory like what you ch- what actually happened versus what you choose to believe about an event which you know there's like it's a lot more thought-provoking than i thought it would be like they're actually by the end of it like it's dealing with like the how it affected the relationship between these characters what ultimately what their fates were and then also just the the notion of of, of memory like which mm-hmm. i wasn't well i also really feel expecting. like it plays into identity too like these are kids who aren't really anything but they want to be something so they like basically try and copy everyone else or they're trying to like obtain someone else's like goods to yeah. you know to make themselves profitable or like memorable they're also likely to hype it up a little bit yeah if that's what their whole goal is 
There's also a moment. It's not. It's not a spoiler, but uh, we we mentioned that there's lots of references to other to other films, and there's one part where they're they're talking about Reservoir Dogs, and one of the characters, like the real life version, is like kind of a hipster douche, and they're talking about like you know heists and planning and stuff, and they're talking about Reservoir Dogs, and then it cuts to that guy. It's a total throwaway too. Yeah, to- <laughs> total throwaway. They cut to that guy, like the the real guy, and he mm-hmm. was like. Reservoir Dogs is Tarantino's worst film. Like, they just, yeah. like, throw that in there. It's like, oh, of course you would say that. <laughs> I think he says that, like, this is probably my least favorite Tarantino or something like that. Yeah, it's just that, that's it. Then it moves on to the next thing. You that know? is so funny. It's just, it's really interesting. And it's yeah. super interesting. I'm excited. I, I really want to see this. Yeah, I would say mainly, it like, it's high praises for its entertainment. Yeah, it's not, it, this isn't, like, uh... Well, no, it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. It's not like at the very top of the list or anything like that, but like it's, it's like it's, lower top tier. It's like <laughs> yeah. it's like middle middle tier, middle tier you know. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, that's kind of weak. No, no, no. You got of, but there's three top tiers. I mean, we know this. And how many movies consist in these tiers? <laughs> there's like three top tippy top tiers. Top, top tier. Two mm, mid top. So this is like but. <laughs> This is like bottom <laughs> top tier. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. It's like thoroughbreds. Like I would like this is like right around thoroughbreds to me because I oh. really like that movie. Yeah. I would, I would compare it to that as far as how much I enjoyed it and what it's trying to say and no, how well it's executed. No, You'll like this I would more think than it's for sure. maybe a little bit above thoroughbreds. So mm, see, I I still like, but I also like thoroughbreds a little bit more than you. I think so. It's. Did we give it the same score? I gave it a four and a half. Me too. Yeah. So, oh, I got to review this documentary, <laughs> Diary. No, it's for sure four and a half. No, 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 for me. Oh, okay. Wait, you, did you see Thoroughbreds? Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, he, he was in the review. Or wait, did you see oh. it after? Or? I feel like... No, he, you, he did it right, with us. We went to the screener together. He saw it. Yeah, I gave Thoroughbreds a three. Right, you were just a little disappointed with that. I just make the comparison because they're both like two of my favorites of the year, but they're not quite like you know not as like, favorite. Like five or they're like five <laughs> or six on the list so far. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. probably won't crack your top ten though. By the end of the year, probably not. Yeah, but we'll see. Come on, we know I what happens. I'm looking in through six months. <laughs> I'm looking through the other movies that have come out so far this year, and I don't know what the hell is on your top. It's been kind of a weak year so far yeah i was i was looking at my what i've all seen this year and i was like if i were to make a top 10 today it would be bad not satisfied yeah totally (laughs) it would be bad um okay let's uh let's move on let's get some star ratings 4.5 4.5 i've given three 4.5s just as good as thoroughbreds according to my star rating i can't wait to give this a 4.5 i can already tell that's what it gets Uh, okay, that was American Animals. Uh, let's get into what else we've been watching. Um, there are two. I want to go first. There are two ways I can go. We'll allow it. Two ways I can go here. Uh, I can tie it into The Incredibles, uh-huh. or uh, a film that I was not able to participate in last time uh-huh. that you guys both said would be my favorite. You can't do both. Ooh, well, I'm going to do one and then do the other later. Save that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I guess I could do. Both. Do the I want to hear first reformed. <laughs> All right, fine. Just All first right. Reformed. Uh, 
first performed was fucking amazing. Lit. I loved it. Uh, it's not not my favorite movie of the year. Oh, Annihilation. <laughs> Annihilation is still number one. I know. Uh, <laughs> and you were never really here. No. Okay. Dude, come on. No, that movie's dope. Dude. Treat treat yourself right. No. This guy knows what's up. No, you were never really here. By a, you know. They're all they're all up there. This is you know this is like oh god here we go upper upper top tier. This is upper upper top tier. That first reforms more like just give you like middle top top tier twelve point scale. Like get rid of the five star. I'm gonna do yeah. We're gonna I'm gonna be doing four point eight reviews. Four point nine reviews. Four point eight seven. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, This uh, this movie fucking made me think a lot i had to listen to podcasts like i it was mostly just the end of the movie that threw me for a loop same i won't talk spoilers but like that for a loop in a good way or bad way in a i I was very intrigued either way i didn't know what to feel because how else could it have so it was so strange Uh, yeah but lots of different ways but now you think about it it's the only way that it could have ended it's the only way. No. Well, the f- the very final like shot or sequence mm-hmm. was very off putting. It's a very way. it's a very abrupt cut, yeah. and it's so you're just like, wait, what? Like, I, it wasn't unexpected in the sense that what's actually happening in that scene. Yeah. The two characters involved. I wasn't like, oh, that came out of nowhere. You know, it was like, okay, but the but the way because like. It's such an abrupt cut because not only does it cut to black in the middle of like a movement, there's movement happening, but the music too. Mm-hmm. It just gets cut short, and then that's it. Oh yeah. man, it's glorious. Um, you guys made reference to a tree of life esque yes. scene. Yes, I thematically I enjoyed that scene. I wasn't a huge fan of the way it looked. Huh. It's kind of corny looking. Huh. Kind of cheap. It was. It That's looked like Travis it said. was filmed like a. No, Travis loved it. I thought it was awesome. Oh, I thought you said it was cheap. Oh no. Uh, it kind of looked like it was like like a green screen shit or something. Well, it was slightly. I a mean, little bit, but I didn't really. Ca- I thought they. I feel like it almost you... added to the movie because did you actually think they were literally? You know exactly. No, no, I don't. But it it, it still looked. It looked. I just feel like not it didn't. Great. I just feel I like know. it didn't have to look realistic for you to like believe that moment within the movie or like enjoy it or it's not about it not looking realistic it was just the it way did it feel was like framed. something that maybe would have opened up a documentary yeah it's i so thematically Close i like encounters it. at the end of the world because <laughs> like what's that it's a documentary that more like an inconvenient truth okay <laughs> <laughs> so i um, mean you guys had talked about how that was like you know uh climate change was like a central theme of the film which i didn't know right. prior to you guys saying that and that stuff was was pretty interesting um come on that scene i like that i like that scene ethan hawk and the the dude at Amanda the beginning Siegfried. yeah yeah it was it was really good yeah um yeah i mean yeah that was that was a really good scene <laughs> ethan hawk that fucking guy tops god man tops he i was... said it i called it best actor oh my god and then this movie comes out and it's just like oh yeah <laughs> fire to the flame hell yeah um performances were amazing um it's just so it's captivating without being like 
it's a very talky movie. It's mostly just conversations. And it is beautiful to look at, but it's not beautiful to look at in the same way that... Um, Thor Ragnarok is beautiful yes, to look that's at. That's a good example. What? It's very, like, it's <laughs> visually Did pleasing. you do that on purpose? <laughs> yeah, to piss you off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just make sure. But uh, I'll, I'll also... Because that is... on Netflix now, so oh. keep watching. That movie is very visually stimulating. Or Guardians of the Galaxy. Fuck it. Like, okay, yeah, I can. It's not beautiful in that sense, and it's not beautiful in the same way that like the Tree of Life is beautiful because no. that movie just has like a grace to it. But yeah, because most of the scenes are just people sitting in a room, you know, having a conversation. Yeah, but I was just so invested in everything that was happening, and I mean, you guys know, like, I'm not at all a religious person, but I'm fascinated by religion in in media especially film i love last jedi movies that deal with mm-hmm. religious parable five out of yeah, five dude. Top remember, ten remember? we watch <laughs> weed induced revelation last jedi greatest film ever man um yeah i love first reformed i don't really have any complaints about it i'm also kind of far removed from it because i saw it the day after we recorded that episode yeah. So I'm now like How two about weeks the opening? from it. Remember what I was talking about with the cross? You just see the cross? It yeah. wasn't as a, like, subtle is not the right word. You pretty quickly tell what, you guys made it sound like it was just it's very slow unveiling and you're just like, oh, maybe it's you don't just know our projection. Uh, maybe, or it was maybe pretty, it's that we told you what was about to happen. It could be, it could yeah. be, because I saw the cross, but then within like, a couple seconds you could see the outline of the church it was very yeah. quickly clear it was still a really cool scene because it, it takes its time the sun is rising you have the credits but you guys made it sound like it maybe it was just the way you described it or maybe mm. i like you said i knew what was coming but uh you see the the cross at the top and then it becomes very clear it was cool, very man. quickly just, it's a come it's on a just church. say it was cool it was cool <laughs> very cool so cool um cedric the entertainer balling out he was mm, great yeah he was um and yeah some very uh startling like moments of violence like toward the end like in that end sequence there's, there's something that he uh ethan Hawke's character does to himself dude the last god i wish i could have like 20 minutes part or in this so review so we could have done like a spoiler section because i'm not gonna do like don't want to do 10 now, years but. from now matt we'll do a re-review i'm curious what well, like, what's your interest in a rewatch? Do you feel like you missed things? You feel um, like you would gain more? Because I don't really feel that way. I kind of feel like I want to rewatch it because I think it was a phenomenal movie, but I, I don't know what else I would get from it. Yeah, I don't know if I would gain much more either. But maybe just sitting with it once more. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably a lot of subtext that you can maybe pull from it that you might not have noticed on a on a first watch, and Confirm also from a theory or two. Yeah, especially now that you know like uh, the climax of the film and what ultimately happens. Yeah, I mean martyrdom. The more I think about it, the more martyrdom becomes. Read a the Bible central... and then rewatch it. Your mind will be blown. Cover to cover. Got to reread oh, the Bible. <laughs> Start with Second Kings. <laughs> um, out of order. <laughs> I loved it. I would. I. It's a five out of five for me. We knew you would. Yeah. Yeah. No surprises there. Can't believe it's not your favorite of the year, but whatever. That is a little surprising. Annihilation, dude. Well, come on, man. When you say that, it makes sense. Tough to beat. (laughs) It's no ex machina. Okay. But Uh, as of right now, it would be number three. Yeah. All right. Did I? Matt's cooler than I thought. (laughs) (laughs) You were never really here. 
gets the bump. All right. <laughs> you got anything else on uh, First Reformed? First Reformed, no. I'm good there. What was your uh, Incredibles tie-in? Oh, uh, I saw. Uh, I saw the only Pixar movie I've never seen. Oh, the Good Dinosaur. Oh, I've never seen it. I mean, it's good. Looks like yeah. a fruit candy. Now, not to go into tears again, but it's... what tier would <laughs> what tier would this be in a Pixar like movie? Oh no, um, <laughs> it's very kid friendly. There's not. Oh Matt, what tier? It's so <laughs> bottom tier is Cars two. It's the tier above Cars two. Who else is in that tier? Brave is okay. in that tier. Uh, Monsters University is in that tier. A Bug's Life is Whoa. in that tier. Oh, Bug's, Bugs Life, Life is at least one or two tiers no, above. No way, dude. Nostalgia brings it back. Uh, it surfaces. Cream always rises to the top. Yeah, that's why <laughs> Bug's Life is bullshit. Uh. It was, um, it's good. It, it looks really cool. Like the, the animation mm-hmm. looks fantastic. Uh, fucking Pixar made me cry a little bit. Okay. There's just, you know, it sets up early on. There's a visual trope that it's like, oh, that's sad. Ties it back in at the end. Fucking tears. Nailed down it. My <laughs> Brought it home for Coitons me. for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's not that funny. There are some action sequences that are entertaining. It's got a good message about family and friendship and believing in yourself and overcoming your fears. But it's it's more kid-friendly. There's not as much for adults in this film, you know what I mean? It's a it's a worthy story. Like it's it's interesting, but mm-hmm. you don't have those moments that are gonna go over the kids' heads. It's you know it's a movie about a fucking dinosaur who befriends a child. Does he ever act like a dog? Does he go for bones? That's the thing. The human and all of the humans in this film act like dogs. The it's human? Kind of annoying. The humans act like dogs. Ugh. So the dinosaur speaks English, you know, uh-huh. talks. Uh, the boy that he befriends doesn't talk at all. Speaks woof. And he howls. He howls at the moon, literally. So they treat the humans like like man's best friend, but they're dinosaur's best friend. Classic, classic Pixar. The kid even like the so kid the, even runs the good around. Boy on all was fours. actually a child. Yes. <laughs> Real good boy. Um, but you know it was it was good. Like I don't. I don't know if like what the deal with this movie is like it's got a decent score on Rotten Tomatoes it's like in the 70s but no one gives a shit about this movie like, too, it was just too clearly marketed for babies yeah it's um it's good my my nephew is obsessed with it so my, my parents have another DVR so if I'm gonna watch an animated dinosaur movie it's definitely gonna be we're back oh my god <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely gonna be dinosaur remember that one came out in like 2000 maybe it's like a hyper yeah. it doesn't look it looks like shit now but at the time it was like hyper realistic like dinosaur movie huh no what's no one gave one? a shit about it then either. what's the one where they're all like robots kind of or, or muppets or something and there's a family of dinosaurs the dad wears like a flannel shirt and... oh that's the oh, that's, show that's dinosaurs yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a tv show did they have a movie Classic not to baby not yeah. to baby they did have a movie uh no I don't no, think so. They, didn't oh. have a they have a board game though. Okay. Well, I must have had a couple episodes on a on a VHS or something because I couldn't get enough of that. I feel like the dad, if he's not voiced by John Goodman, should be voiced by John Goodman. <laughs> like yeah, the flannel wearing, just like fat dad. 
Norm from just Cheers. Doing what he does in Roseanne, <laughs> but just in yeah, dinosaur, dinosaur form. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was John Goodman, to be honest. He it must could he be. was clearly I the inspiration. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, good dinosaur. It's good. Not great. That's why they call it the good dinosaur, not the great dinosaur. All right. The five star dinosaur. <laughs> Next film. Um, okay, someone else want to go? Tom? I've got three. Two were rewatches, so they'll be quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, go ahead. All right. I'll do my two rewatches. <laughs> I saw Spotlight, best film of uh, 2015. Yeah. Well, you mean best picture winner, not yeah. your best film. Yeah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> it's a great movie, is it not? What's... Yeah, no, it's a great movie. Okay. It wasn't was... Matt's favorite of the year. Hmm? It wasn't Matt's favorite of the year. No, it was Nobody the said it was. Oh, okay. Just right. making sure. Academy's best picture of the year. Yeah. Yeah. What was that up against? The Revenant? Yeah. Birdman? No, Revenant no, won. Revenant won that year, didn't it? No. Did it not? I think it was up against. I thought the whole Birdman. thing that he won back. Well, to he back won years. actor, but he didn't win picture. You mean director? Birdman won the year before Spotlight for best picture. I know that for sure. Yeah, and then the Revenant won. Wait, wait, what? No, Revenant did the not whole win best thing picture. was that, that he got back to back best picture winners. No nominations. Maybe director, best director, maybe best director. But I know Spotlight. Or it was Birdman won Best Picture, then the next year Spotlight won Best. Or no, wait. Oh my God. I think it was. Just somebody Google it. It was Birdman, Spotlight. Yeah, Birdman, Spotlight, Moonlight, right? And then Shape of Water. Yeah, sounds yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. Was that for Shape of Water? I'm <laughs> 100% certain that The Revenant did not win Best Picture. I'm pretty sure as well that it did not, because I was disappointed, because I thought well, it was the obvious pick. The Revenant was amazing. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yes, we're in agreement. Okay. 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 Moving on. Like, Spotlight. Whoa. Great movie. Um, Mark Ruffalo is super weird in that movie. I forgot how weird he was. His whole delivery and everything, his performance is pretty I good. I still haven't seen it. Like Michael Keaton in it. Some of the drama around the characters who work at the newspaper who maybe could have gotten this story going years before felt not as compelling as it did the first time. I thought it was a little bit. I, I wanted more like the documentary style, but um, it's a really good movie. I don't know. I don't know why I don't have more to say about this movie. It's kind of the way I felt the first time I saw it, where it's like, it's good, but why is it good? I think it's just because it's an amazing story, kind of, you know? And it's well told. The performances are great. It it's is timely. well told. It's timely. Yeah. It's captivating. I mean, the way it's edited. like I was really enjoying my... <clears throat> Viewing experience, just like last. It does kind of seem like a generic pick, though, as far as best picture, like ten or twenty years. It's an easy pick. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's not really taking any risks. No. Yeah. Okay, and I watched uh, Heat on Netflix. Is it first time? No, I've seen Heat. This is probably my third time. Heat's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It's stupid in the way that a lot of is it nineties or early two thousands. It's got to be nineties. It feels 90s. It's 90s. I love Al Pacino in it. He's ridiculous. He's the same Al Pacino. Uh, he plays the cop, right? De Niro's yeah. a bad guy. and Pacino's But he's like cop. an obsessive detective. Yeah. Like he can't figure out his marriage because he's just on the streets looking at dead bodies. <laughs> Today you're wasting my motherfucking time. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Yeah, he's great. It's a it's a good movie. It's got some dude. Come on, the heist sequences are the heist sequence was actually kind of the low point. What? 
That's why you watch that movie. Yeah, the heist isn't that great. The shootout, though, is dope. Yeah, but the shootout, well, again, I it's feel just like, like that's all one scene. Do, 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 do. The oh, heist. Well, sure. The, the actual shootout. heist portion of it, though, isn't. It's good. It's a great heist scene. But it's yeah, like, it's very. I mean, it's kind of The generic. shootout, though, on the streets yes. of LA. I, like, I give whew. it credit for the shootout because I don't remember watching another heist movie where it actually gets to that point where they are in machine gun versus the cops action broad daylight in the, in the streets <laughs> fucking chaos too like it's hey, totally nuts val kilmer's still hot if you need more of that <laughs> check out den of thieves <laughs> okay yeah i remember you talking not about as that. good as he but yeah 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 he he's a good one um, i like the opening high sequence too where they raid that like security truck or whatever yeah and they yeah kill the, the opening kill the security guard the right? opening high sequence is is the the better yeah val kilmer pulls a wild card fucking shoots the security no guard it's not face. val it's uh it's not? no it's this sketchy dude who's way uglier than val but also is it the dude hair. with the danny trail goatee or the goatee right yeah the, the goatee guy. what is uh it's the guy from um he he was familiar looking i recognized him. ted no ted let me not i think he's in silence of the lamb or no he's the voice in a uh, joyride what's his name the voice the guy the from truck? silence of the lambs is also in that movie because when he's not playing a serial killer he plays cops only. anthony hopkins no the guy from monk he plays the sheriff or detective oh or uh tony shalhoub no, no, not the main character. The cop character with the mustache with grandpa voice. He's the he's the <laughs> he's the fucking villain in Silence of the Lambs, that murderer. Buffalo Bu- Buffalo Bill? Buffalo Bill. Yeah, it's the same actor, right? Not the one who shoots the security oh, guard. Okay. He is okay. one of Al so Pacino's that's I'm cops. Of he's in every movie as a cop. Oh, okay. Except for when he's a serial killer. It's <laughs> not ringing any bells, but Sure. Just just Google the guy and you'll see him. Anyway, <laughs> so Google image him specifically. You'll see his face. <laughs> so yeah, heat's dope. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about it. It's it's a good watch. Four stars. Travis, I gotta look up this guy's name. You got him. All right, well, Ted well, Levine. Sure, that's the singer guy of Maroon Five. No, that's Adam Devine. That's his story. Adam Levine. Adam Devine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway same thing right <laughs> all right uh yeah my turn i guess yep. um i saw upgrade i'll start with some new releases mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about uh yeah the with guy the, from uh, poor man's tom hardy with the eye logan marshall green yeah right yeah prometheus spoilers yeah. <laughs> uh anyways he survives it anyway <laughs> yeah that's all we'll say uh it's a good movie. It's entertaining. Um, I like the idea and concept of it. And it has one of those like, like kind of memorable endings that I feel like movies are lacking these days. You know, like back in the day when you just see like an ending, you're like, oh my God. So like, like The Invitation? Because that's another movie with that same guy. No, like, like Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> the reveal was is crazy. It in, is it in theaters or is it streaming? It's, it's in theaters. It's in theaters right now, but it's probably on its way out. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a fun movie. It's definitely like a genre picture. I feel like that's all it's really trying to go for. It's pretty low budget, but given that, it looks pretty good. Yeah. It's like in a futuristic type setting. Not really like on the level of Blade Runner, but like 
it's getting there. I think he's a bad actor. How is he in this movie? He's not great in it. I mean, he's he's fine. I don't feel like any of the actors are really trying to give like a great performance. Yeah, and I guess the movie is playing within genre. So yeah, I, mean, I would compare sense. it to like RoboCop or something. What about something like Shoot 'Em Up? It's definitely not as campy as that. Okay, but there it is a little campy because the premise is he like gets this like chip implanted into his spine that gives him like superpowers where he has like super strength and everything but like the ai kind of like assist him so like there's a point where he's getting his ass kicked and then he like asks for help or like the ai's like i can't help you unless you like tell me to and then he's like okay come on and then he like his body just totally like whoops the guy's ass um so i mean it's fun and it's like I, I think it's a cool genre movie, but like I feel like there could have been a little bit more action in it. I feel like probably part of the budget is what lessened the action. They could sure. only have like one or two cool action they had sequences. Yeah, blow their load on a couple scenes. And yeah, then that was it. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, it it's got a cool ending. I thought, and it's very timely with technology and everything. Okay, then you got Good another stuff. new release. Saw the writer. Mm. Rolf it's, uh, it's basically about this kid who does like the like horse rodeo not necessarily like bull riding oh. but well <laughs> he's laughing at me <laughs> for how i described it well i guess i didn't really realize <laughs> that like there were, i thought it was typically bulls that they would ride but they do like the Broncos, horse bro yeah but i guess i usually always just like think yeah i think bull riders yeah Sure. So when he was doing like the horse rodeo or whatever you call it, I was like, oh, okay. New so, spin. Yeah. You were shocked. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very minimalist. The guy whose story, basically everyone in the story who it's about mm-hmm. is playing themselves in the movie. So it's very okay. like docudrama-esque. Um, but yeah, I thought it was very well done. Like I it said. It got good reviews, didn't it? Oh, yeah, it's getting glowing reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a great movie, but it's very, like, nuanced. It's very, like, minimalist. Uh, I feel like with what it's trying to say, it's not really minimalist. It's, like, basically trying to go for what the wrestler was going for. And it kind of, like, relates it back to, like, animals. Because the main character who it's about, he gets an injury that kind of questions if he's ever going to be able to return to the sport or not. And it deals with like other people in the town who are dealing with the same kind of thing where like you either passed your prime or you got an injury that's preventing you from doing what you love. You know, like with a wrestler, it's like he, he has like a heart condition, but like that's all he loves and he like does it for the rush and he does it for the fans. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's like, what he enjoys doing but he's going to put himself at risk for it so it like plays into all that mm-hmm. um but yeah it's it's very good i would just say it's a little understated okay yeah i'll probably watch Sounds that great when it comes out on it is great when it's streaming yeah i'm sure it will be by the end of the year um oh you already you already said it's all the characters playing themselves. Yeah, pretty much. It kind of reminded me of that documentary, The Crash Reel, that I watched, the snowboarding one. 
Oh, or he yeah. gets a head injury, and then it's like, will he ever go back to the sport or not? And dealing with that, hmm. it's kind of like the wrestler too. Oh like shit! Telling, uh, I'm on board. Yeah, I think I prefer the wrestler, but cool. Yeah. Did you drop a star rating on this bad boy? No, but I can four and a half. Hmm. It's a lot. Four and a half on this show. High up there. Things are really looking up for 2018. It's lots of. Uh, very good, but not amazing films. Yeah. Just not quite there. I uh, watched 7852, the documentary about the uh, shower sequence in Psycho. Oh, is that where they like break it down, like basically like uh, frame by frame? Yeah, but it's it's much more than that. I mean, it's basically about like everyone's reaction or experience to the movie and how it's progressed over the years. And it was like kind of like a touchstone in filmmaking or like Alfred Hitchcock's career where he was really like trying to say something. And I didn't really pick up on a lot of the stuff that people were like shedding light on about the movie in the documentary. But like stuff that they were saying makes total sense. Um, so I don't know if I necessarily want to like spoil what they say about the movie. But I thought as far as like a movie about or I guess, yeah, a documentary about a specific scene in a movie, it was really captivating and it has a lot of like interesting things to say about the movie the time and everything mm. in his career that was very well done maybe i'll watch psycho after i watch the exorcist you've never seen psycho i haven't seen any hitchcocks from oh god oh, psycho wow. is so good you guys always tell me to watch vertigo or you <clears throat> do anyway well yeah vertigo is better than psycho i think but psycho is really good did you guys know that Psycho is the first uh, film to ever feature a flushing toilet? Because mm-hmm. that was previously banned. Pretty sure we discussed this last time Psycho came up. Probably. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite pieces of movie trivia. I didn't recall that from last time we talked about it. I didn't it. know it was banned. And I didn't realize that was a thing either. Yeah, it was in the repeal, the, like, uh... I can't remember the name of the act, but there was basically like prohibiting specific things being featured in films. They repealed that. And then first thing Alfred Hitchcock does, flushing toilet. flush a toilet, baby. Yeah, I feel like he was being very progressive when he made it as far as like how provocative it is, the violence, like that whole scene, how shocking it is, like the way it's constructed. I mean, I feel like we probably take a lot of its impact for granted just because we're so far f- removed from when it... I mean, we weren't even a thing when the movie came out. You know what I mean? Our bodies? Well, yeah. We didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that scene is also just such a part of like our pop culture at this yeah. point that like when you see it in its original context, it's still like a really effective scene, you know? It's it's still creepy and, and, and startling and... Yeah, you know. ruin showers for everybody for yeah, ever. I mean, it does kind of seem like a dumb idea for a documentary, or just like you know, that seems like kind of like a fluff piece or something. Seems a little masturbatory, honestly. Yeah, like, but I was actually like pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it, and I mean, I watched it like late one night on a weeknight, and mm-hmm. I finished it to the end, and you know, fully engrossed. You should watch it, Matt. Okay, wait, wait, where did you watch it? Did I miss that Hulu. part? Hulu, Hulu, it's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Hulu Live. <laughs> best streaming experience around so worth it uh what do i got left i got two things left should i just go yeah sure. i watched the survivor's guide to prison 
This is a star-studded documentary on Netflix about basically how terrible it is to be in prison in America. So it's basically like tips for surviving in prison, like how fucked up it is and what you can do if you find yourself in that situation to survive. Uh, Tons of celebrity cameos in this. Danny Trejo is heavily featured because he was actually in prison. Uh, Fucking Macklemore. Hometown hero, Did he do or some hometown time? zero, depending. No, oh. he's just <laughs> <laughs> got him. Um, Damn. Who who else is in this? Like fucking like Kate Blanchett, I think. She uh, <laughs> exhibit Kate exhibit sheds some tears. The subject matter is just so heavy he can't even get through <laughs> he did <time>. his sentence <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, it's the subject matter is interesting, but like how many prison system documentaries have there been in recent memory a lot, a lot. it's uh eye-opening if you haven't seen this kind of shit before but lots of other documentaries have done it better and just the way it's presented it's super aggressive like the edits are it'll cut to like a, a heavy metal song oh. and it'll just like with these really corny like graphics basically like tip number two don't drop the soap or you like oh whatever God. whatever <laughs> what? it is you know what I mean? I mean, they don't go there oh, but it's man. like you know they, they literally have like graphics that tell you what the tip is you know what i mean um it kind of feels like like they explicitly. I'm gonna watch this for he next was time. Making I a, the, I'm in the joint. Matt, when you were describing heavy metal music, yeah. you were making like a thrusting <laughs> motion towards the table, and I was you like, look- "Oh, whoa, well, this does cut to some graphic <laughs> shit." <laughs> Very jarring. I, I interpreted it more as like a, like a drunk golem or something. Oh no, I kind of hunched. I was over. trying to headbang. No, I thought you this, but... you had already dropped this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yikes! Um, you didn't get <laughs> no, <laughs> no. That was not part of my performance. Okay, all right. It's just you. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's um. I don't know. So what I was going for is that there's there's a line in the documentary where they explicitly call out those like A and E Discovery Channel prison shows like Locked Up and stuff like that, where it's just like very dramatic and they claim doesn't really show the true side of of prison. But the way it's presented feels like that, like with the cheap nature of the graphics, there's really harsh lighting on a lot of the people they interview. It just it looks bad. So you think that's the intent? Maybe I don't know. It's fucking edgy. It's trying super hard to be edgy yeah and uh it was interesting i enjoyed it but kind of aggressive in ways that it didn't need to be you know what i mean uh it's a little try hard only watch it for the cameos basically yeah it's like a marilyn manson music video yeah yeah kind (laughs) of with the the way that everything is lit the music yeah although uh some of the songs they use they use a lot of punk songs in the trans like transitionary cuts they'll mm-hmm. use like some punk songs some delivery four in there killing it it's the only one that comes to mind but why was kate blanchett in this movie just to be an expert on like australian prisons she's an activist bro oh okay and she might not actually be in it, it was, there's lots of just like wait you made that up <laughs> Well, I don't. I can't remember <laughs> if I made it up or not. I was kind of spacing out when I watched this movie, just because like the way the information is presented just kind of 
would turn me off. Yeah. So I was like kind of half watching it, half making a sandwich, probably looking at like pictures of butts on Instagram or something. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? As one does. Sure. Um, yeah. While watching prison ducks. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> what a night. The contrast of images. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why I can't get that in prison. So <laughs> it just made me appreciative yeah, of what I have <laughs> access to outside the bars, you know? <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, life is so much better on the outside. Um, I yeah, love these prison docs. It was it was good, not great. Um, and then the other thing I watched was Patty Cakes. Finally caught up with Patty Cakes, which I know Travis has seen. Tom, do you remember this one? No, lots of fun. A uh, fat white girl rapper from oh, last year. Yeah. Uh, it was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, there's like some fantasy el- elements that are interesting. Fantasy in the sense that she's like daydreaming, basically, and the sequences are staged. Those are kind of neat. Uh, the music. Um, so her lyrics are pretty good. Like a lot. Like when movies try and do this, like hip hop culture. Uh, some of the like the songs that they come up with and the lyrics are like kind of cringy i thought i was worried that that was going to be the case with this movie but it was legitimately like there's a couple of battle sequences that are that are pretty good and actually clever and and you see patty cakes like performing um and it's like you know it's generally oh yeah that's pretty good like she's actually talented which you know it's a it's a thin line that you have to walk because if you go too far into just like you could come across as like excessive or annoying there's any number of ways that the, like the music itself or the content right. would come across so they do a good job of actually making it feel like authentic um, yeah and it's fun watching like the creation of music too just because it's kind of like different in a way yeah they got yeah. like bl- you know different sounds blending together because they had they get like a some kind of like social outcast who's like he's into an anarchist like dark metal you know type stuff <laughs> and then they blend that with like her hip-hop kind of you know interests and mm-hmm. make something unique it's uh it gets a little sentimental by the end like the climax of the film like right at the end there was like this performance that the movie the whole movie isn't leading up to it was nice you know the end of it um the movie's been out for a while so basically uh, the song that they choose to perform at the end samples Patty Cakes. Patty Cakes' mom used to be a musician. So she samples her mom's song. So her mom came to the show oh, to no. see her daughter perform. You know, they've been building that up the whole time. And then she basically hands the mic to her mom to sing the part of her own song. You know, a little sentimental, a little bit too, um, one would say saccharine, maybe. Um, but. It's super like it's super enjoyable. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. You know, quite a bit. Hmm. It's hard out here for a pimp. Is she American? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think she's. She has kind of a, her accent is kind accent of weird of in this. Sort, right? Is she supposed to be? I think she might be Australian. Yeah, I was gonna say that. And there's just something kind of off about her but accent. But she's in New Jersey. Yes. So her performance is a little off. It's really good, but there's something about her accent when she can't quite hide it, and it makes it a little, a, a little jarring. 
because you can feel her accent kind of bleeding into her attempt at what's a New Jersey accent, but she's not really trying to do a New Jersey accent. It's almost like a Southern accent blended with an Australian accent, trying to be someone from New Jersey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that element didn't completely work for me, but I like pretty her funny too. Marilyn Mansion. There's there are a couple of moments where her and her best friend like introduce each other and they they basically rattle off like twenty nicknames like Marilyn Mansion AKA Patty Kicks AKA the yeah Killer P uh, AKA yeah, <laughs> those parts were kind of funny um, yeah check it out it's on uh, I believe I watched it on HBO Australian nice Australian Got she's a uh, basically Rebel Wilson but I wonder. If that's just who she's played, played by Australian newcomer Danielle McDonald. Yeah. So the real Patty Cakes is just Jersey. There's no real Patty Cakes. Oh, oh wait, no. you mean like her character in the movie? It's not based on a true story or anything. Uh, no, it might be. Does it? Does it say that? I don't recall it presenting itself as being based on a true story. The indie follows Patty, played by Australian newcomer Danielle McDonald. Okay. I think it's an original. It's an original script. Yeah, yeah. I, right. I believe. Okay. But it's good. Check it out. Okay. That's it for me. Anything else for you? I, I watched Disobedience. You guys already talked about it. Oh, yeah. Four and a half stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Would be. Yep. 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 Uh, great performances. Yep. Um, beautiful story. <laughs> pretty affecting. I don't know. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's Ooh, talk yeah. about spit ting. Yeah, that was whack. <laughs> what? You didn't like that? Oh come well, on. Well, not 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 like in like a horny way, but like you didn't think that was like. I thought it was interesting. Why not in a horny way? It was a talking point. Also in a horny <laughs> way, but that's not what I was. I watched it with Sarah and we laughed, and she was like, "Spitting was kind of weird." <laughs> was that the first thing said when the credits rolled? Probably. <laughs> oh, God. As you're throwing your Just popcorn about. in the trash, walking out of the theater, reaching in your pockets, make sure you got your car yeah. keys. Yeah. The spitting was weird, huh? <laughs> That's the only thing on your mind. Dude, I was so into it. Yeah. In all aspects. Best moment. It, it was it was quite the ride. But that's that's what we were alluding to when we said it was like sh- kind of shocking. Like people reacted, people got uncomfortable during that part. Oh, I'd forgotten you guys talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean it, it was well done for sure. Like it was it was a powerful scene. Um, the the husband, he his performance was really good. His yeah. final his final monologue was excellent way to put that though well done that scene as well remember i had a hard time defining how i felt about that. <laughs> yeah you, you went in a different direction with your adjectives <laughs> no you you use something classy yeah. i remember yeah realistic <laughs> i think you said well done i think you might yeah. have said well done yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. i mean bra- bravo right pretty classy spitting in one's mouth <laughs> <laughs> uh who who directed it do we do uh, uh fantastic uh, sebastian lelio oh right yeah i mean he's got these he's your guy like character dramas i mean yes they're great <laughs> movies but they don't they're not my movies they don't reach yeah. like, hereditary levels it yeah. was four fantastic one was a four and a half for you too right yeah i think so yeah 
they're just they're not quite at that. I get level, what you mean, but it's, they're, they're it's great. like a great movie, but maybe not just like a personal favorite of yours. They're just a they're little bit boring. Yeah, they're something dramas, holding it back a little they're bit. Wonderfully crafted dramas that I'm just a little bit. Boring. I felt the exact same way watching it. Yeah, uh, the Cure song though. Yeah, wasn't that on. moment so good? Yeah, it's a great moment. <laughs> oh God! And you still don't really know what the nature of their relationship is. Yeah, yeah. So it's a perfect. God, the way they look at each other, they like kind of sing the song yeah. under their breaths. Like, God, oh, it's such a perfect moment. Yeah. That might be my like scene of the year so mm-hmm. far. I really love that moment. Uh, both both the performances too were well, all three. Like I said, the yeah. husband yeah. his performance is really good too. But yeah, nothing else to say. All right, I got a few things. I'll try and uh, be quick. I feel like we are running a little long. It's all right. No? I'm okay. asleep. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll keep this uh, sleep country USA over here. Now this steamy Why country. Why buy a mattress anywhere else? Have either of you ever seen Unfaithful, the classic? Oh, dude, the, Diane Lane. Oh, oh, that movie is so horny. Dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, fuck In the me best up. way. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, many funny. teenage boners popped to that film. <laughs> so I don't even need to explain. I honestly haven't even seen the movie. I've only seen like the oh, sex really? scenes. In oh, it. Well, I mean, I, I like f- I've either seen clips of the sex scenes or yeah. fast forwarded to the sex scenes. That okay. movie is purely like jerk off material for me. Yeah, I, w- I would say so. You but... too? <laughs> Are you putting on? Good housekeeping. <laughs> But at the same time, if we're talking like erotic thrillers or dramas, it's one of the best. I don't even know what the fucking plot of that movie is other than Diane Lane is unfaithful. I mean, it's a vehicle for those scenes. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's mainly what it's trying to go for. Uh, it is trying to go for one other thing that I'll touch on, but go ahead. Uh Antonio Banderas is No. Who's who's, uh, who's the guy? Uh Olivier or uh, Lawrence Olivier? Martino, Olivia, yeah, Martinez. Who? What? Olivia Matron. He's from Olivier Taking Lives. He's in Swat. Dude, Taking Lives, that movie too? He's that movie in, is trash. Is he exclusively in like <laughs> horny thrillers? Taking Lives is hot dog garbage. But dude, that scene where he bangs Angelina Jolie. Oh my God. This is, is this is like the horny thriller guy, I guess, right? I guess. Anyways, oh, the movie, yeah. it's Richard Gere, Diane Lane. They have a very, you know perfect family you know situation but it's missing that spark they've been married a while you know it's not as steamy in the bedroom as it used to be i feel like she doesn't even really like give a good reason to why she like strays in yeah. the relationship it doesn't I mean, it doesn't really like present that he's like a shitty guy it doesn't even present that he like works too much like he works but so does she it doesn't really like give the like Oh, this is obvious. She's obviously having problems and she needs to like go elsewhere. It's almost just like at a fate where like she like catches him in a storm and then he's like, he sweet talks her into his apartment and then things go from there. That's almost more interesting though, right? Because yeah. like you feel like it, when you do it the other way, it's almost it's like you're generic. justifying. The fact that, you know, the infidelity, basically, whereas it sounds like this movie is more just like, yeah, she was in a good marriage with fucking Richard Gere, but she just, you know, finds this guy. And yeah. Fuck it. It's amazing. <laughs> well, I feel like I that's mean? part of the point of the movie, though, is like eventually she realizes fuck that. Fuck first, ask questions later. No. <laughs> <laughs> she realizes that 
she needs to basically stop doing what she's doing. And then like the whole movie, I think the point of the movie is trying to make is that you can't ever really like forgive someone or forget that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not like it's like groundbreaking, like what the movie's trying to say. Yeah, sure. But like the ending plays into that. I don't necessarily want to spoil the final ending, but I feel like it's like a the the scene is doing more than just like the what's actually happening in the movie. Mm-hmm. But anyways, let's get to the good stuff. Yeah, tell me about it. The sex scenes are exquisite. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Lane is in her prime. Oh yeah. And she is like the perfect like MILF mo- mom, you know, just Yes, I know yes. the acronym. Yeah, the classic <laughs> MILF mom. Um, but anyways, the one scene that really sets this movie apart from the rest is one of their first encounters. She's like on the train going home, and she's like rethinking back to the the moments. <laughs> and it go it cuts it, cu- it cuts to the sex scenes, and she's like convulsing, like shivering. <laughs> And then she's like in the train and she's like oh, <laughs> eyes yeah. closed just oh, on the train. Yeah, <laughs> Not quite that obvious, but it's a little more subtle than how Matt's making it. <laughs> but just so well done. <laughs> Was it tasteful? <laughs> Travis, I feel like moving forward, you need to watch at least one erotic movie every yeah, episode so you can chime thing. in on the sex scene, the Travis sex scene power hour. I know. God, and which one was your favorite? Which sex scene? Like, you need a top tier, middle tier, <laughs> lower tier. It's it's that. Scene, okay, how though. many top tier sex scenes does Unfaithful have? Ooh, at least like two or three. Oh, man, that's pretty good. There's there's two, because there's the one where she recounts on the train. Yeah. Then there's one where they can't even make it up to the fucking apartment. Yeah. He just does her down and dirty <laughs> in the stairwell. <laughs> we don't care if there's bystanders. We're just, you know. We're in it to win know? it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Gere's all right, isn't it? <laughs> Who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> it, it does have a couple good little twists and turns and little reveals, though, along the way. Mm. Especially one involving a snow globe. <laughs> a snow globe? Yeah. Now I'm intrigued. Yeah. The snow globe plays a prominent part of the film. Mm-hmm. But. Is he used as a murder device? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go somewhere with that, but I'm not. Let's move on. Five out of five. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what else you got? It's beyond words. I also watched Original Sin. (laughs) That was on one of my buddy's uh, Spank Bank VHS tapes. Wait, what? Like a compilation? Like 40-year-old virgin, like Boner Jams 2005 type shit? My friend literally had a Boner Jams before 40-year-old virgin came out. What? Like a a custom like VHS Oh yeah, dude. It was... He cut his own, like, what? Really? It was just all the sex scenes from certain movies on one VHS Did he cut it himself or did he like purchase this online? Uh, I'm pretty sure he cut it himself. (laughs) What? Like That's he, dedication, he would just like dude. record when it would happen because he had like all the movie channels and stuff. So God, remember when like porn was like in events? You had to like <laughs> it was like a whole thing. You had to boot up that dial-up internet. 
Now I can just like I can have porn on this phone <laughs> in two seconds if I wanted it. Yeah. Anything I want is yeah. right there. Good old days. Man. I know. Movies like Unfaithful are under- undervalued these days. Yeah, yeah they're really not thrown the sex scenes. They just um, it's not, doesn't have the same impact. Well, that's why you have to watch the whole movie, right? It's got to create a level of eroticism. But kids these days, like they just don't yeah. remember, like just jerking off to scenes in bad right movies. You know just what I mean? The old man kids these days speech about porn. You used to not even porn. Like it used to be that there would be like a sex scene in a movie and you would like watch the movie just so you could see the sex scene. Oh, yeah. Now I was just like, why would you do that when you can have porn? I used. So when I was a kid, you guys have seen seen Predator (laughs) 2. You're not doing anything tonight, right, Tom? (laughs) (laughs) We're going down this rabbit hole. I already know what you're talking about with, with. It's like two seconds. Oh, long. I know what you're talking Predator about. Predator 2. But, wow, such a throwaway. Dude, lots of times. <laughs> such a throwaway. Shit like that, dude. Yeah, it's just like totally like. I had a good like... example. American Pie 2, when he's like watching the two girls make out and they like, they're like pushing him to go further and they'll go further. Do you remember that? No. You don't remember Who that? remembers American no. Pie 2? That was a classic. <laughs> We used to love the American Pie. American movies. Pie Two sucks. Okay, I like. How about Shannon Elizabeth and One? Oh yeah, yeah, that was... for sure. <laughs> Come on, I didn't see it. Same thing. What? You haven't seen... You haven't seen any of the American Pie movies? Maybe like four. <laughs> no, I feel like people was gave there up a on those. fourth one? Oh, there was. It was American Reunion. No, I didn't see that. But I think I probably saw it was like American half Wedding of American Pie Three. 3. Yeah, okay. I like American Wedding. Well, maybe not now. But... One and two are where it's at. No, one and three. Anyway, you get my point. Yes. Oh yeah. Kids these days, man. Dude, showgirls. <laughs> Just waiting for a rewatch of that. <laughs> I don't know what that is. What? Showgirls NC seventeen stripper film directed by Verhoeven? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's one strip scene in that se- in that oh. movie. Oh my god. Save it for the next oh, review, man. Dude. You just rewatch it Buddy. and tell me about it. Save it for the bedroom. <laughs> all right that's enough uh uh, yeah enough uh whacking nostalgia (laughs) (laughs) nostalgic nostalgic god damn it tom okay uh i'll burn through the rest we're uh yeah yeah how much more you got my candle's gone oh i got way more than i i want to talk about you your cum snuffed out tom's candle and now he's ready to go home was it my cum? Who's cum oh, stuffed your candle? It's hard to tell. I didn't cum. <laughs> it's the cum storm. <laughs> uh, okay, so do we want to talk about the Babadook real quick? Sure. Oh, because you rewatched it? Or... Yeah. Uh, I remember being... You rewatched that and The Witch? Oh, yeah. All right, let's let's bang these trying out. to okay. ba- bang out all the hype, the horror hype movies. Let's, yeah, let's talk about both of these. So we'll start with the Babadook. Okay. Don't, don't spoil stuff too much because I really want to rewatch no, I and I don't remember. I won't. Well. Okay, well, we'll be brief. But anyway, so I thought it was overrated when it first came out. But you were wrong. I had to rewatch it to confirm that, and I was right. Oh. Okay. But I would, like, I guess hmm? it's, huh? so I give it, I would give it like a four out of five. So good review. Five out of five. More than, more than just good, you know. It's a, it's a pretty good review, right? But it's real scary. It's missing some sort of grandness. First of all, the 
the camera work, the way it looks, not that impressive. Oh, come on. Very plain Jane. It's yeah, but it's it's effective. The performances are great. Especially the the main woman. And the kid is Davis. perfect little annoying little shit, you know. Like it's like yeah. we need to talk about Kevin level. Like yeah. this kid needs to fucking <laughs> go. <laughs> fucking go. <laughs> and we need to talk about Ritalin. It's very clear <laughs> what the movie's trying to say. Like the theme of the movie, I feel like it's wearing it's on its sleeve a little bit because it I mean, from the first scene of the movie, it kind of like sure it sets it up and then it just hammers that home the entire movie. I mean, I don't remember how long it took me to catch on, but the scares. Well, I've already seen it once, so maybe that's right. why. But the scares, there are none. Yes, there <laughs> what? are. Yeah, dude, the that thing, movie is so scary. the Babadook itself was, is not scary. Yes, it, yes is. it is. I was so scared. It's really goofy. Okay. And you're, I'm not one of the. I'm. I don't want to be one of those people. You know, I'm sounding like I'm one shutting of those it down. People. I'm shutting it down. <laughs> but the only thing that makes me less scared of the Babadook is the fact that he was impromptu made a gay pride icon. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Though. It was hilarious. I think the the best part about it is the performances, and then the theme of the movie. Even though it's kind of, you know, on the nose, mm. and what it's trying to say, and the way like the ending plays out and. I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, I was a little underwhelmed by the climax of that movie, but yeah, yeah, the climax, but then like the, the very end, the after sequence. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I thought the Baba Duke was scary as shit. It is. Well, no, I get what it, I get what it's trying to do. At the very No, end. I, I get what yeah. it's trying to do. I don't necessarily know if I like, Oh, what they did there. Yeah. I just feel like it's, it's all kind of goofy so you just you know believe it that's not goofy come on when she answers the phone come on it's silly or when she looks out the window and she sees her neighbor and the babadook is just like standing behind her and she's like what does a double take and then he's gone or when in that scene in the kitchen enough of the spoilers i need to be scared again kitchen scene you probably don't know what i'm talking about but anyway you don't think the Babadook is as good as it is? No. All right. How about the Vitch? The Vitch, I would say, is a perfect movie. Whoa. There we go. Really coming around. There's there nothing really bad to say about the movie, other than it's hard to understand what they're trying to say without subtitles. subtitles, but that's not really the fault of the movie. I feel like that's what it's intentionally going for. I think it is the fault of the movie. Well, okay. I but, should be able to understand it without subtitles. Yes, but at the same time, it's like, it's very specific in what it's trying to do. It's telling this folktale from like the 1600s. I mean, it's taking you to a different place, yes. sure. So the setting, the costumes, the performances, top notch. Yeah. And then the way the movie plays out, like this is, I think, what crucible. I appreciate most about this movie compared to Hereditary is that the supernatural stuff feels real or believable in it. Because of the time period, you could totally believe it happening. You know yeah. what I mean? You know, it's like it's grounded enough, and that... you don't get a lot of it either. No, which is cool. So it's like oh, very man. small snippets of like supernatural scene with the elements. boy when he's out in the. Out oh, and she oh, like yeah. she reads you her hands yeah. like oh, it's so good. Oh, when he yeah yeah when he goes like she the witch goes to like kiss him or something. Is that She's like happens? tempting him. Oh god, it's uh, so creepy. And he's like eleven. Or the scene when the baby gets taken. It's just like a playful little, you know. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that scene. No. It's pretty early on. Yeah. Oh man, Black Phillip. Black Phillip is Black great. Black Phillip is good. Gotta keep an eye out for Black Phillip. And 
the way Black Phillip kind yeah. of transforms at the end was oh yeah pretty awesome and when he gores the dad too like yeah. that whole scene like oh one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when the dad is like basically asking god for forgiveness outside and he's like on his hands and knees like because he's like trying to like take care of his family or like care for him and but you know there's why did they leave their community i forget they get shunned for some like religious thing quakers yeah but yeah it's it's a pretty simple story it's just i didn't really pick up on a lot of the stuff that was going on the first time i watched it because i couldn't understand what was being said but a lot of good i I just feel like it's like an amazing sequence after amazing sequence and there's no like fat in the movie at all and then the ending just like is a perfect ending it's so good it's so good i get the chills when i think about that ending like it's it's just the way it's shot like and the things that are seen in the scene and the performances of like all the I don't want to spoil it if anyone has it's perfect seen it, but yeah. like it's a low budget movie but the way they handle the end of it man you guys are really really coming over to my side on this movie dude it's if yeah well, if I, I would have watched that there, again but... if I would have had this viewing experience before I made my list I would have made a spot for it mm-hmm. it's incredible mm-hmm. All right, what else you got? It's getting late. It's already ten o'clock here, boys. Yeah, I got I to put the kibosh on this. I got to. I got to cap this Brewster. Okay, I'll talk about one more thing. <laughs> I saw Ocean's Eight. Okay, and it's very middle of the road, but it's enjoyable. It's like one of those movies you would watch purely for entertainment, yeah. you know, but you don't think about afterwards. I, I would watch it. It's just like a way to kill an hour and fifty minutes or whatever. Yeah. Good ensemble cast. Fun. It's very similar to any of the other Oceans movies. Who's the best character? Aquafina. Best character? Rihanna. There's no really, like, standout. People have been saying Anne Hathaway is really good in it. She is good, but she's not, like, really necessarily... Well, I don't want to spoil it. Oh, dude, is she's in on the heist? Did you just do that right now? <laughs> no. Did you just do that I didn't right do now? anything. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. I didn't say anything. I don't know anything. Yeah. I don't know enough to know what the only upset about. The only gripe, which I feel like is a gripe of the initial movies, is there's no real like threat in the movie. Things play out pretty much according to plan. Okay. Some of the logic you could kind of pick holes in. It's like, you know, yeah, some of the stuff that happens, but it's good. All right. Sandra Bullock annoying or not? No, I don't like Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock's in it. Yeah, yeah. she's, in she's it. like the main character. She's uh, Danny Ocean's sister. Yeah. Yeah. It's very just like generic though. Like the... Standard fare. Yeah. And Gary Ross directed it. The guy who did like Seabiscuit and the first Hunger Games. Uh, I didn't see Seabiscuit. But he doesn't really add much as far as like like a... Mediocre slot to me. Yeah. Kind of (laughs) like LA Confidential. <clears throat> oh, here oh, we go. Oh, you do have another one. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so I feel like this movie is very overrated, or people just haven't gone back to like reassess it. Yeah. And just time maybe hasn't been that fair to it. I don't remember what I said about it. Well, no, I'm I not. I don't really remember that movie. Yeah, that I'm well. not saying like you thought this was a masterpiece. I and think I'm I've seen it, it probably it three times. 
same with Heat, but I always get them mixed up, and The Usual Suspects. I get the three of those movies mixed up all the time. Two of those movies are in very different playing fields than the other. Okay, so I'll tell you confidential is the worst. <laughs> yes. does, it, does it end out with a hotel, end with a hotel shootout? Um, there is a shootout, but I don't know if that's necessarily at the end. There's a couple shootouts. It's. I was talking to Matt about this, but like noir stories, especially like from the 90s, feel kind of like all the same, kind of generic. Just like, even if there's twists and turns, you kind of know where it's going to go or like the kind of beats the story is going to take. The 90s weren't, it wasn't, they weren't ready to do noir films. <laughs> well, I don't know if you'd want to say that necessarily because <laughs> noir movies have been around for like, I know. Since the 30s. Yeah, but the, the 90s, they didn't have it. They didn't have the chops. Should have left it. Yeah, I feel like it was a weird period to do a noir film. You got to do it. Everything was too silly. Now, or you got to do it way back in the day. Right? <laughs> well, I don't know. What are you, what are you trying to make? Well, I'm Drive just... is technically like a noir film a little bit. I guess. So I have to say that noirs are great. Because <laughs> no? Yeah, I don't know if I'd really call it a noir film. It's got like noir influences. Like what? Just like. Nighttime? You no, know, the. No. The man and the woman. It's got a guy. It's got a girl. <laughs> He's on the job, you know, life of crime. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a noir historian. Anyway, gotta have okay. a go, go femme fatale. Go back yes. to LA Confidential. Okay, anyway, so performances, good. Movie looks, good. There's no really like sequence that really stands out though. Okay. And it's kind of just like a, I feel like it's almost just like a love letter to like Hollywood and that time period. And then also just like the noir genre, but it's just kind of plain, you know, it's like vanilla ice cream. Mm -hmm. Aren't you the one that made the argument that vanilla shakes are like the best shakes or something? No, might've been me. That was him. Was that you? And I was trying to explain that. Vanilla is not a flavor. Okay, okay. <laughs> it is a flavor. It is a flavor, but it's plain. Water is not a flavor. It's plain. Water is the only flavorless thing. Oh, got yeah, you thinking. <laughs> There's probably a couple others out there. Don't say air. Doesn't count. Air? What? What? Water? Flavorless. Depending on the situation. Oh, the inside of my mouth, you know taste. No, I'm not. <laughs> we're not going to go there. I feel like we've been derailing quite a bit this podcast. Yeah, well. Oh, yeah, dude. Anyway, I mean, it's a Monday. So. Uh, LA Confidential is pretty mediocre. Monday. Okay. I do want to know why it's considered so great, though, unless it was just like, you know, of its time. Or, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just like your opinion, man. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wrap it up. I would love for Let's one of or you to rewatch it and you to watch it to see how you guys feel. I'm though. still curious. Yeah, it's on Netflix, right? Kind of boring. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. All right, we gotta end this thing. Yeah, let's call it. Next time we record, Tom will be in Nepal, so it's not like Tom will not be joining us. Mm. Uh, but maybe we can get a new Paul on the show. A new Paul, get it? Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah my brother mm-hmm. and Nepal. Um. <laughs> yeah. Good connection. Well, it took me a second. Oh, well, yeah. That's yeah. 
Uh, what do we got coming out? Uh, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Hell yeah. That comes out this upcoming weekend. So, so glad I'm gone for that. That's going to be on the show. Yeah, dodging a bullet with that one, Tom. No way, dude. I'm excited. Um, so we got Jurassic World. We also have You guys Sicario. should save Day of the Soldado, though. Mm, snooze, you lose. Yeah, dude. <laughs> also, uh, Leave No Trace, that movie with uh, Ben oh, Foster. Yeah wilderness oh that looks father daughter i think it looks pretty good captain fantastic yeah got captain (laughs) fantastic vibes definitely you know i'm the tearjerker guy on the pond so we will see i'm just the the master (laughs) (laughs) uh did did you watch that uh last of us 2 gameplay demo dude yeah you gotta did you i didn't watch it but you did play the last i did play the the, yes are you just trying to like not spoil anything no, I, I guess I could go either way. I just don't get a hard on for, like, game footage, new oh, game footage. Looks so, good. looks so good. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Leave it to Diane Lane for that kind of stuff. <laughs> Send us an email, cinephilesdigest at gmail dot com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Digest. We will be back in a couple weeks, probably with a guest or two. We shall see. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back. They're still in love with their ex, and I'm not feeling my best. This is a bad combination. Cause every time they're around, Incarnation